Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Phil Drysdale Show. This episode, we have John Onabawu, and he is going to talk about what he calls his journey from charismania to the finished work. And so let's have a listen and hear what he has to say. Have you recorded a bunch then so far? Uh, we're on our third episode. We're going to record episode four tomorrow. Nice. Because well, we, we were trying to figure out how to do it because we couldn't meet up during lockdown. Yeah. Well, we could, but we... <laughs> So I will talk about it on the on the podcast, but basically on Christian Twitter, we're quite notorious uh, for this whole new covenant message. Um, so people like just don't like us. Yeah. So if we were if we were to record a podcast in person during lockdown, everybody would be like, oh see, they don't even respect the government. Uh, so I said, let's let's don't let's give, give them any more fuel. Yeah. So we we're trying to figure out how to do it, and then um. I don't know who I was watching would do their podcast on Zoom. So no, so I watched Crowder's um, Jesus Trips from last year. Right. And I was wondering, like, how did he do it? Because it, it didn't look like it was on Zoom. I was like, how did he do that? How did he get the the middle screen, two people thing? Dude, so I was he's asking an people about editing that. extraordinary, though. Yeah, he is. Um, but I didn't know how to do that. So I was like, okay, well, we could use Zoom, but the audio is rubbish. So we we're going to use, like, some online mic recording thing because none of us have actual gear yeah and then i realized for all my sermons that i put on um on youtube from my fellowship which the audio quality is like just great you wouldn't think it's off my ipad i was like oh wait that's all off my ipad i was like oh and all of us have got apple devices i said yeah so you just record the um audio like next to the laptop and then do it on zoom and then try and we send it to someone to sync the audio to the video right and then we just put it out so the nice. audio goes on as a podcast on Spotify and stuff. And then the video obviously goes on YouTube. Nice. You guys are on it. You're yeah, like yeah, yeah. three episodes in and you're already more professional than I am. <laughs> like, shows how much effort I've into this. <laughs> yeah, because we, um, we've had, so we did, I think, I think my friend Jerome messaged you about when we were doing a debate on the nature of God. Okay. A few months ago on Zoom. Um, so we did a debate with one apostle and uh obviously we're saying god doesn't kill all that stuff and god does kill and it was like this is a like so we did it ended up being i think it was four zooms so the first one wow i went live with i went live with one of like the younger up-and-coming ministers uh he just went live and i just jumped on his live and then i said on there god doesn't kill he was like wait what and because they saw us live together all of like christian twitter jumped on the live so it was just getting hot. So I was like, oh, let's go to Zoom then. So I, but this is at like 11 p.m. So I went on Zoom, opened the room, 70 people jump on. We're there till like 3, 4 a.m. We're like, all right, let's do another, let's do like a proper, proper debate. So that, this was Easter Sunday. This was going into Easter Sunday. Wow. So Easter Sunday, we sleep at four. Then we part a flyer. That night, we have the proper debate from like 9.30, finished at like two and like 400 people wow yeah Dude, that's awesome yeah so we did another one part two on a thursday after my fellowship again like 400 people jumped on so i just realized that we have we have their attention yeah you do we might as well use this and put out this message as quickly as possible instead of waiting after lockdown people are gonna go back to their normal lives mm-hmm. no one's watching zoom much. till 4 a.m yeah so I was like, let's let's record something and have it out while people are still yeah. watching us so we can get this message out to as many people as possible so our first episode was called why i stopped seeking god and uh 
we did a trailer that I knew would, would trigger people. So the first thing in the trailer that I said was, uh, seeking God to me is anti-gospel. And everybody's course like, wait, what? So that's, we actually put a meme of someone doing that right after. So a lot of people, like it was going around, everybody was saying this and that, but it's just from the trailer. Yeah. Um, but then there were also a lot of people that watched the episode. Just thinking, uh-huh. What are these guys talking about? So the reach on that, I mean, it's only got like 1K views, but like I know it's it's, huge. it's circulating in group chats and things like that. And more and more people are opening up to the message now. Um, so we, uh, so yeah, so we put out episode two. I knew episode one, I knew was always going to be the biggest shock because it was yeah. like, oh my goodness. Um, so we've got, we've got other episodes coming, like, you know, why God doesn't kill, uh, why the Bible's not the word of God, all, this, all the fundamentalist stuff that we're just getting rid of. Um, but it's, it's, it seems like there are people that the sermons never would have reached mm. that are getting reached through the podcast. Because yeah. in, the, in the sermons, I'm just talking, going through scripture all the time. Whereas on the podcast, you hear about our journey. And for a lot of the people that are coming from the same background I was coming from, when they realized that I was just like them, probably going in harder than they were, then it's like, oh, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know you. Like, so they can relate to it more. Yeah. So then they hear it out more. So yeah, it's so really hard to demonize once once people can see your humanity and also go, oh, I've, I've questioned that before. I just yeah. dealt differently or whatever, or I just didn't look at it at all and just ignored it for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's like, it's huge bringing some sort of level. That's why I like doing the long form podcasts is like, it's really hard to chat with someone for two hours, three hours and not come away with most people going, ah, I kind of like that guy, even though I disagree with him. Like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's hard to sit down and listen to someone for two hours and not go, eh, they're a normal human being. Like mm-hmm. it, you, you could be like the biggest person ever. You could somehow grab on your podcast and everyone's like, whoa, this huge celebrity kind of style thing. And then after a couple hours, like, yeah, they seem pretty normal. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> or vice versa. Yeah. It can be this like, you know, like just regular Joe and you're like, oh yeah, no, he had some incredible things to say over like a couple hours. Um, and it's just, it's really exciting. Like, um, just people giving people a glimpse into, into people's lives that they'll generally just write off. Right. So that you're saying like you and your mate, like, is it Jerome? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Most people are like, ah, those guys are crazy though. Those guys are extremists. You don't, whatever. But then when they're sitting around bored at like, you know, like 11 PM and there's like a zoom on like, you know, does God really kill people? Like, well, of course he does. That's one of those crazy guys. <laughs> you know after a few hours they're like they raised some interesting points and they're not insane they they think they clearly have like some you know like they're starting to realize oh they're not like idiots not just always, making up their yeah. own like idea just to be controversial or um yeah that's funny I and that's that that's what happened a lot after that zoom because like mm. so it was so my I, I live with my pastor he's like my godfather i live with him and he was on the zoom arguing against me so nice. it was, it was so funny. Yeah, I hear each other um, through the the walls. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear him, yeah. And um, so that, I think there was a point where people came on doing the whole, oh, well, who, you, who do you guys submit to? Because you we don't know where you're from. Da, da, da. And I was like, yeah, my pastor's on this call. Like, he, he, you should have to like, come through, <laughs> come through the, the door behind you and just give you a hug and be like, who submits to me? <laughs> yeah, so, so, so he funny. came down the next morning. He was like, yeah, I'm really worried about the zoom last night and people saying this and people saying that and i was like yeah but go check social media everybody came off the zoom like 
everybody came off the Zoom saying, if there's one thing I've taken away, it's that I need to study my Bible more. Mm. Because these guys that we all were saying, were, they know scripture. Like they, There's a coherent argument as to why they believe what they yeah. believe. Or they said this verse, I've, I've never seen that verse before. Or I didn't even realize that verse could mean. So but it's just so interesting that like a lot of the people that, the people that argue with us the most, like, or like the most intensely, are or like they don't even want to hear us out on the people that have been safe for like a year and then mm, actual like interesting scholars have time to hear us out so i think there was one there's one guy that um he's like a young guy i was on a call with i was on a house party so just after lockdown happened for some reason there was a resurrection of a house party yeah there's an app called house party which is like it's kind of like group facetime but like okay. you can just jump in people's rooms so you you log on you could just log on and as soon as someone sees you online, they press your name and they jump onto your screen. And then someone they know jumps onto the screen. And then it could be like, it's up to eight people or it could be like eight people that don't know each other because this person right. saw this person. So you could wow. just be in a, in a room with random strangers, which is really, really cool because you met so many people. Um, so we were on a house party with him. And then like, there's one guy he he clearly respects. Just a, um, he's at LST at the moment. And then another guy, so because he was watching in a context of me and someone he looks up to discussing this and the person literally went from when I told him God doesn't kill them, like, what? And then by the end, he literally was like, they make a really good point. <laughs> so because he saw that. So when he now sees people coming against us on Twitter, said, oh, these guys don't know what they're talking about. He's thinking, no, because I, like people that actually study this, give them respect. So yeah. I can't, so he can't do what those people do. So yeah. that's really interesting. Like pastors will sit down and talk with us. But their yeah. congregation members will be like, oh, they're write-offs. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. So yeah, it's find that really interesting. It's it's interesting. I talk about this all the time on the podcast, but like the the dynamic of like people that have some scholarly backgrounds, maybe pastors that have been to some sort of um, you know, done some sort of divinity theological degree, um, or people in the scholarly world, the, the academy, like they're like, oh yeah, cool, a different idea. Well, obviously, we should hear this out. We should look at it. I mean, there's loads of ideas. I have my idea, but I already know there's a few others. So let me hear this new one. Like that's their immediate, generally speaking, approach. Maybe sometimes pastors are a little more defensive because they've got a whole system built around whatever it is. But like, it's fascinating that difference to just um, a generic lay Christian, you know, like, you know, people like you and me that are just kind of like, oh yeah, just, you know, I go to church and, you know, whatever, I don't know. Um, and, uh, you know, you go along and, and you're like, mm, no, 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 that's, 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 no, 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 no. You know, it's, it, it's fascinating. Like that immediate shutdown, there's one way to see this. I don't want to explore. I don't want to look at something different. Else. Like yeah. it's, it's so fascinating. Um, cause in, in one sense you would think it's the other way around. Oh, this person has studied, they know the answer. That's it. It's so they will they will know that everything else is rubbish. Yeah. Right. Whereas other people that are like, well, look, I've not studied it. I'm not. I don't have a degree in this. Like, oh, I should probably listen to other people and learn. And it almost seems exactly the opposite. It's, it's that whole. Um, I can't remember what it's called. What's the, what's the theory of the more you learn, the less you know type thing. The less the less you're gonna believe that you you know uh and the less educated you are the more you'll hold your position i can't remember what mm. it's, it's got a name but I, it's, it's escaping me right now but it's that right it's, it's this thing of like people that obviously study start to go well yeah obviously like this random book full of like thousands of like intermingling like verses that 
half the time like don't click together very easily of course they've created several theories and of course none of them are like oh obviously it's got to be this one um, <laughs> but yeah you, you give that book to like the new christian for a, a year right and he's like i got it i figured it out like i, I listened to this one guy he explained every verse i'm good like so what's your background john like where like um because I mean, we don't even know where you're at right now, probably. Like, <laughs> we know you don't like God killing, apparently. But, like, <laughs> where did you start off with this? So, were you born Christian, you know, like, yeah, yeah, born yeah, and born raised, raised. kind of in that world? <clears throat> in a, what did I say? I don't, I, well, so I was born and raised Christian, grew up in church, played drum. So, I'm a professional musician by trade. Um, but I didn't, were you, are you recording already, or was it? Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm recording? always recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let me start by, uh, <laughs> Let me stop. Oh, recording. you're not recording yours. Yeah, I wasn't recording the audio. <laughs> Jump in. We should start. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I grew up in church. Um, yeah, so I play drums. So I was playing drums in church, kind of. But it was when I was twelve. When I was twelve, my um, my mom took me to a worship conference, mission worship in Eastbourne. And that was when I first had like my, I guess, encounter. But I didn't really encounter anything, but it was more like I saw charismatic Pentecostal Christians. And I was like, oh, I want this. Wow. Like, I want to I wanna do this. Saw people lifting their hands, people jumping around. I was like, oh, this is cool. So I gave my life then. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I started to take my walk with God seriously from about then. Um, I got my first prophecy in that conference or that like I was exposed to the side of Christianity I hadn't really seen. So my mom had loads of books, um, you know, like the God Chasers, all the AW Tozer stuff, all those, those usual um, kind of books, Andrew Murray, uh, what's that Andrew Murray book? The Masters in Dwelling. Yeah. I remember, I remember reading that, loving that. Well, so I just, I was like 13, 14. That's awesome. So I, I was combing <laughs> through that stuff. I went from, so I used to read like kids' books, like Artemis Fowl, Young nice. Bond. And then as soon as I got saved. Straight into Andrew Murray and Tozer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a transition. So I, just, I, <laughs> so I just switched that. I never read anything secular. It was just straight into that stuff. So, I mean, God's Generals, all those books. So it was exposing me to the side of Christianity that I kind of wanted. Because I, I, I read the Bible for a bit. Um, I didn't really read the epistles because the epistles didn't make sense to me. I actually mm. remember this. Like, I, I like the stories. You're young. You just like the stories. So the stories are cool. The gospels are cool because there's loads of stories. The Old mm -hmm. Testament's cool because there's loads of stories. But like Paul's just like writing and saying stuff. Like, I don't know what this means. So I kind of left that half of the Bible. Um, so yeah, I, I read all, all of that stuff. Um, and I loved God's generals, especially Smith Wigglesworth. I remember reading about Wigglesworth because he seemed the closest to Jesus in terms of when I read the gospels, it was always that Jesus was healing. For some reason, that always, that was something that was just mm. with me. Um, probably because, so my mom was really influenced by word of faith. She was into Keith Moore, Kenneth Copeland. Okay, um, yeah. So hearing, I kind of grew up, not that I would listen, but like I would hear it in the house, them teaching on that stuff. And it was just a given that, you know, by his stripes, we are healed, that one in particular. So if, if, if we were ever sick, sometimes we would take communion or something like that. So it was, I just grew up with Isaiah 53. That's like one of the, probably the first scriptures I learned, mm. 53, five. Um, so, so that was just always with me. And then I saw it in Jesus, okay, cool. But then I didn't really see it around me. So mm. I was like, okay, well, that's weird. But then when I read it, when I read God's generals, I was like, okay, so people 
in the modern era actually were doing something similar yeah, to what okay. to what Jesus was doing. Okay, cool. So let me see why these guys are doing that. So I'd look into um, Catherine Coleman, look into Smith Wigglesworth, all that kind of stuff. And then I don't know how I discovered Bethel. Okay, well, so that so that same conference I gave my life. I, for those who are listening, yeah. I'm doing give my life in quotation marks. <laughs> I gave my life at. Um, I went to. I went to it again two years later. This is 2011 now. Um, and Bill and Brian, not Bill, uh, Brian and Jen Johnson were leading worship there on the Sunday. So I didn't, I didn't know Bethel at this point. I didn't know who they were, but they were the best of the conference. So I, mm. and I think in their session, they spoke about healing. So like they had my attention. So I went up to Brian at the end, went up to him on stage. I was like, oh, so I'm like a little 14 year old. So how do you pray for healing? Cause I really, I really wanted to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So then, and I went to see Jesus culture that same year as well. Cause then I, so I moved from, I was, I was living in Essex at the time, but in Thorock area. And then we moved to Colchester when I got into secondary school. So Colchester is obviously like a completely different area. It's way more mm. white and stuff like that. So I went to a white charismatic church. Uh, so instead of singing, you know, Kirk Franklin on Sundays, it went to Bethel, Jesus. Well, I went to Jesus culture first, because at this point, Jesus culture were bigger than Bethel. Bethel were like, right. yeah, yeah. My friend, my friend used to describe it as he, <laughs> he thought Bethel was the C team of Jesus culture. <laughs> so they didn't quite make it. So Jesus culture were huge. So we went to see Jesus culture. Um, and again, it was like, whoa. So that exposed me to that, those guys in the modern right. age that are on fire for God. Yeah. Um, Did you I start seeing that. healing at that church? Because I'm fascinated, like, because I, I, I was a part of different charismatic churches uh, along my path and my journey at times, um, but probably not before I went to Bethel and, and was exposed to that world. And so, and that's like off the deep end, right? In the charismatic oh, yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. And so like, I didn't really go along to like kind of your, your generic UK charismatic church that kind of like teaches a lot of the stuff, but you know, it's not like Bethel where like, every single sunday they're like oh and here's 25 people that just got healed we're gonna listen to their <laughs> testimonies and you're like what and like today like what they, they were sitting three seats from me you know like or whatever um but like was that because obviously you were going to this um church in essex um and you were saying like i'm not really seeing healing right but they obviously were a charismatic word of faith kind of style church believing in healing um yeah but that church wasn't really so the, the church i was at when i was 12 13 it wasn't really because in the youth in the youth anyway our focus was a lot more on the demonic it was all oh nice you know, the, like that whole illuminati era when everything was about this <laughs> and you know every every secular artist is is sold their soul to the devil delete Dang. your playlist so i was doing a lot of that you're so burning your artemis foul books right <laughs> <laughs> exactly so I was, oh, I had to delete my place, I had to clear my, you know, when you get saved, you can't oh, Dude, as a musician, right? To. That's got to hurt when you got to get rid of all the good music because you're yeah. stuck with all this Christian music. <laughs> so I started listening to Christian rappers instead of secular rappers and all this stuff. Um, so when I then, when we moved um, and we, trans we transitioned to this new church, it was, so I'd be in the youth, but I was in my age group because I wasn't, I've always kind of chilled with older people. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm 23 now. Um, but I was then I was 13 and I was chilling with like the 13 year olds in the Bible class. But like I'd read what we were looking at. Like, this is not interesting to me. So mm. I chilled with their older siblings. So like their older siblings were all college, maybe first year uni kind of age. Oh, wow. So I, I joined their youth group, which was like an actual Bible study. Then on Tuesdays, I would go there. It's like, oh, yeah, this is, this is cool. We actually like 
doing nice like grown-up stuff um so it was there that we would talk about healing there we would talk mm. about the the leader of that youth group was quite into what do you call it treasure hunting and stuff like that okay so it was all, all so the, all the... for the uninitiated you have to explain treasure hunting because a lot of oh, people okay, that sorry, listen yeah. to this aren't going <laughs> to be exposed to this world i i know painfully uh, because i'm not much of an evangelist i painfully know very very much what treasure hunting is because i've had to do it um but most people are gonna be like was what like you you like found maps with x's on them and you start digging oh, your islands so, yeah um, so treasure hunting is where um so like okay we're gonna go out and but what you do first is you pray for God to show you things about the people you're going to speak to. So you pray, you get, oh, I got, I, I saw a red bag. So then when you go out, if you see a red bag, oh, that's the person that God wants me to speak to, that kind of thing. Or you see, I saw a, a, a blue teddy bear. And then you'll speak to someone outside and then you might stop it in like, oh, do you have a blue teddy bear by any chance or something like that? And then it turns out you tend to have a lot of, oh, my goodness. I said blue teddy bear and then they went it turns out they had one like in their bag and then, oh and they gave their life to jesus that kind of stuff so yeah that was very much what we were moving into moving towards right so did you enjoy that because like for me oh, i'm like i'm absolutely. an introvert i do not enjoy even when i was like so like yes god speaks today he'll heal people <laughs> i was still like yeah but i'd rather other people just can i outsource that you know like, <laughs> like i don't want to go out and talk to strangers but you you were enjoying doing that like going out yeah yeah I, I used to love I, I would do anything to see what jesus was living out basically mm, so like it yeah. seemed to happen in scripture i wanted i wanted to see the supernatural i, yeah. I was so angry for that yeah. um that's the so, only reason i went into treasure hunts oh yeah yeah, yeah do yeah. my was, first treasure hunt in glasgow and i was like i am not excited about this especially in glasgow you don't you don't talk to you know like people <laughs> ask them if they have a blue teddy bear um but uh yeah, I was like, oh, I got to do it. Like, I have to see if this is real. I have to, you know, feel it out and go, is there something here? Is is God still doing things like this? And yeah, so, but dude, hats off. Oh. <laughs> anyway, sorry, keep going, keep going. Yeah, no, so, um, so when the youth would do like a youth takeover on like a Sunday evening service, that would be more when we would pray for the sick. That would be when we would test mm. that stuff out. And I know I'd, I probably would see like back pain go down or leg pain go, stuff like that. But nothing like major, nothing like I was reading with Wigglesworth raising the right. dead, whatever. People um, didn't bring dead people to the, to the youth service. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't know if we really saw anything radical when we were there. But then, so the year after we went to see Jesus Culture and we ended up seeing Bethel. The main work, well, one of the main worship leaders was my friend. He was like a little bit older than me, probably like 17, 18 at the time. We really got into Bethel worship because that's when they kind of started to take off. Step it up. Uh, the For the Sake of the World album. We like started playing at a church. And then I probably just discovered Bill Johnson there mm. from that. So now I'm listening to Bill Johnson. I'm like, oh, yes, here it is. There are people that do this. Not It's not Wigglesworth 100 years. It's like today, these guys see miracles. Um, and then it was more like, I don't think that was long after the whole glory card stuff either. But then it seemed like he would pinpoint the miracles to the presence. Mm. So it was not like, okay, well, let me shift my focus to this present stuff now. And that made sense because in the God chases, they were talking about don't seek God for his gifts, seek him for what's, for who he is, seek him for his heart. So it was like, okay, well, 
so the key to the miracle is now the presence. Okay, so how do I get the presence? How do I? So I read host in the presence. I read practice in the presence. I'd read all these different books. Um, and then there was there was a youth camp I used to go to called New Day. Uh, it was like a oh, New yeah. Frontiers youth camp. So I would go every week. I went probably about four years straight from 2012. So I was 15. Um, and there was <clears throat> there was one on like maybe like the second last or the last night. Uh, there was a girl that was that we came with. That so basically when you so the the main service is in a big top, just like a massive tent, and everybody's waiting outside queuing up just before they open the gate for you to get in. Mm. And like you just know that you have to run and save as much space for your church as possible. It's just, I miss that stuff. It was really fun. Yeah. So our church used to always get to the front because we were just we were just so quick. You're just more on so fire remember... for God, man. <laughs> so I remember they called these lukewarm Christians in the queue, man. <laughs> eat, still eating in the canteen. Yeah. Well, you get a burger for me. I've not eaten for three days. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they cut the tape. We ran to the front. And what you would do is you get to the front and then lie in a staffist position to save yeah. as much space for people as possible. So <laughs> I can tell I'm reminding you of all this. <laughs> you are, you so, are like, man, I did the whole, I did Soul Survivor and like oh, did, and oh, all these kind of ones. Yeah. I never went to Soul Survivor, but they made the better worship albums in my opinion. Sorry well, you, if any of you watch this, but I used to love Soul Survivor's worship albums. Um, so we were starfishing. So my friend tried to starfish and she got smacked in the back by loads of people. So she's on the floor. And she's not moving and we're all having fun because they're playing music before the thing starts and then all of a sudden like the um not the paramedics but like i guess the health team or whatever they come in and they take her up we're like oh oh she must like seriously be in pain so i'm like right it's time to put this to the test so i took my bible and i went outside and i put it on the ground next to her and i went to isaiah 53 5 i thought by his stripes we are healed so they had obviously you know when you have a youth group you have people that are there to meet with God, like me. And then you have the people that are there because their parents paid for them to go and they're just chilling outside. So you have the people that were there chilling outside. And they're looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, she so had her back. I'm going to pray for her. She's going to be healed. I'm like, okay, cool. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Okay, can you pray for my leg? It's like, sure. So I went and prayed for his leg. He got healed. But his brother was there too. He was like, oh, can you pray for mine? I think he had pain in both his legs. So I prayed, I prayed maybe twice or three times. That pain went. And the last brother, because there were three of them, the last brother, I think he'd had like a football injury. So he hadn't been able to like run at all. So I prayed for him and he was running. And I was like, whoa. Dude, you're like, oh. get me to the front of the big tent, people. A <laughs> <laughs> moment so, <laughs> so at this point, I hadn't even prayed for the actual person that I came outside to pray for. Crazy. So I went back to pray for her. And I would do, I'd learned this in church. So what's the pain level? Is it a 10 right now? Or has it gone down? So I think it went down to like a four or five. So I was thinking, wait a second, but these three people got completely healed. Why aren't you getting healed? But she got mm. better. She didn't get fully healed then. So I'm already thinking this is weird. So that was the first year. So that was like the first time I got exposed by myself. No one around me. Yeah. It's like, okay, maybe this thing can happen type thing. Um, and then I don't know. I don't really know what happened. When I got to when I got to like college, sick form, because my school was the same, uh sick form and secondary were together. Right. So it's about 17 years old, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So when I got into sixth form, thinking for the now, Americans. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I got into sixth form, it was ah, uh, I was just going to church. Uh, oh yeah, that's what happened. So the the youth that I was with in like the youth group, they all went off to uni. So right, I lost of course, all my friends. Of course, because they're older than you, yeah, right? Yeah, older than me. 
So at this point, they've all left. When they come back, they come back with different people. The vibe's not quite the same. I'm so oh, I've, I've lost my place here. Mm. Um, and the people at my age then still weren't even like they weren't even really trying to hear God at all. So it was like I didn't have anybody to really chill with. Um, <clears throat> so it's very much oh, I'm just going through the motions, going through the motions, and that continued into uni. Um, so I, I left that church at one point. Oh, sorry. A completely different thing I forgot to mention, which had a huge impact on me now, mm. is so because I played drums, there was this thing called Psalm Drummers that um, some of my church members were part of. And that was like a, I don't even know what you call it, but it was a, it was a group of Christian drummers, I guess, that would come together. I never actually went to the meetings, but uh, big when Big Church Day Out, I think maybe a couple of years after it first started, I first went as part of Psalm Drummers team. So Psalm Drummers would have like their own, in between the big top performances, we'd be in the food store just performing for people, playing djembies, playing mm. like drums, right? So I got involved with that and I would go to some of their events and they had a link with this, I don't remember what it's called, but it was like a whole prophetic flag waving, that type of ministry. So we would do events together. So I remember just going to some of those, like Saturday evening or Friday night, I have nothing to do. Let me just go, you know, soak that's what I yeah now I, I learned of soaking it's what yeah let me go soak in this stuff um so we would go to sort those sorts of events and you know sometimes I'll be thinking like, what's going on here <laughs> I don't really know what's going on you know the, the people painting people talk about God but like there's not I didn't I just didn't really know what we were doing like there would be 24-hour worship event but no we didn't go to the Bible once we just said stuff and played mm. songs and bang drums so that stuck with me so i so i saw that side of the charismatic what i now call the charismania side mm. where you're just you just doing anything you're waving flags and now you're somehow defeating principalities and powers and all that kind of stuff um the spiritual warfare all that stuff i saw that and that then, stuff never um, really grabbed you then like or just not no, context, it was or? i just didn't get it i believed it though when I was in it, I believed it. Um, someone in my church, I remember him telling me that <laughs> charismatic Christians are so funny. We believe this this whole like spiritual warfare thing makes us think that we're so important. So we're in Colchester, and obviously the spiritual hotspot would be London, right? That's the capital city. That's where all the yeah. main stuff. That's where it's the hard to one up are. London in the UK, man. Oh, we it's can't. Just, but yeah, what we believe was there was a spiritual highway between us and and London in Colchester. I've always yeah, said that about Colchester. <laughs> <laughs> so it was very much, oh yeah, no, there's, there's we have a link with them. There's a, there's a special connection. So it made us feel like we're almost as important as London. Right. So so even us in our flag waving here is having an effect over there in London. It got that you access to higher demons, right? Oh, like that's it. Levels, you're like you're sitting levels. going, we've got some spiritual warfare to do. London's got to have the good ones, right? If Satan ever pops <laughs> through to England, right? He's, he's going to swing by London. He's not coming out to Colchester, right? How do we, how do we level up what access to principalities we have? A spiritual highway. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's it. Uh, <laughs> so I used, to, I used to eat this stuff up. And I actually remember there was one guy at our church who always had like a laugh. He just used to laugh. And I guess that was him in the spirit. Always, always would laugh. And he would give like prophetic words sometimes. So I, I saw a little bit of that. There was one guy that I called like I would thought he was a prophet then because he would actually like say, oh, he would he would give words of knowledge and stuff like that. That was mm. that was the closest thing to prophecy I'd seen at that point. 
Um, and then there was this other guy, I just remember sitting there thinking his words are so, he'd be like, oh, I was, I was sitting in, in the chair this morning and I saw the sun and the Lord said to me, it's just some like airy fairy. Right. I was like, oh, that, Today this, is a day for change. Yeah, that kind of, I was like, this doesn't, this, like, is, this is the worst. This can't be. <laughs> so, I, so this particular guy, he was like, people respected him as like the spiritual guy in the church. And then the Toronto guys came to our church. Mm. Toronto guys came in and he was doing his usual laugh. And I just remember the main guy looked at him and was like, where's your Bible? And all of us were, oh, <laughs> where's your Bible? You're doing all this laughing, but you don't have a Bible. And he just went silent and it kind of, that woke me up. I don't know, maybe it was in that moment. I woke up, like, wow. wait a second, all this charismatic stuff we're doing, we, don't, we never look at the Bible. Surely mm. if this is supposed to be the ground, because now my word of faith is kicking in. If the foundation mm -hmm. of what we do is the word of God, why are we not looking at the word of, I don't believe the Bible is the word of God, but you know, the yeah. word of God, why, why aren't we looking into the word of God? So now I'm starting to come out of that. And then my, um, so the, the pastor of that church as well, I didn't know this, I only know this now, but he was, I think he was probably getting into Greg Boyd then. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And he was super into Steve Chalk. So Steve Chalk came to the church, but I wasn't, I wasn't oh. there for that. So he was running a course um, and my mum jumped on the course. And I remember her coming home and complaining about Calvinism. But I also remember her coming home and complaining about open theism, which is what the pastor, I'm not wow. sure if he believed it, but he was entertaining it. So the theology was just a mess in the church. And I was like, you know, and then other churches, I would start to go and play drums there. When I started, I decided to take drums like seriously to do it professionally. So I ended up just leaving the church. So I was like, I, I don't, I'm vibing with people here anymore. You know, it's whatever. So I left um, that church, <clears throat> went to this church just to help them out. Small church on Sunday, it's just helping them out because, you know, I like doing that. And then when I went to uni, I joined the church that I'm at now. Okay. So this pastor's like kind of more well-renowned. He ran National Day of Prayer a few years ago. Um, so I joined his church and we did a youth event. This is late 2016. <clears throat> and there was a speaker that came who's now like one of my best friends oh uh, blackman um and he he spoke on the god that still does so he was like we talk about the god that did but what about the god that still does? like don't 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 live mm -hmm. off yesterday's that kind of whole and he's speaking my language because i've missed this i've missed hearing people talk about yeah miracle signs wonders. so i connected with him i was like listen I'm your guy now. Just know wherever you, when you're going to speak somewhere, let me know. I'm coming with you. So I, I would roll with him. Um, and then I get, I, I start getting exposed to more. Cause at this point I've, I've been doing white church, Hillsong, Bethel. Mm. Now I'm getting involved now with the black church, that kind right. of side of things. So now I'm. What were some of the big differences in that? Like what, or, or what was it that even like for you as a black guy, like growing up in this like really white charismatic kind of community like was that was that something that i'm glad i'm glad i did <clears throat> i'm glad i did because because before that i was still i had children with a lot of black people right. um so i was used to that culture anyway but being exposed to the white culture i learned to assimilate mm. and take from there what i like so so a lot of now a lot of black people my age 
or at least in this this now this kind of period are starting to like Bethel now they're right. starting to like Hillsong it was like I was doing this like 10 years ago because I was around that then I got mm-hmm. over the whole oh this white music is rubbish and I was like oh do you know this? I like it you know I like the lyrics I like the worship I like the worship experience the jumping instead of dancing little things like that so I got I got accustomed to that then mm. um so I, I really did enjoy that I enjoyed their I liked I liked how they pursued the signs and wonders stuff. Right. I, but now I've come out of all of it, I think it's still a little bit similar, but it seemed more like then it wasn't a particular man that had all the stuff that you had to go to. It was more anybody can do this. Mm. We all have, we didn't have like the scripture for it, but we just kind of knew. So there wasn't like a chief in charge that you had to go. It was very much open. Anybody can do it. You know, I'll pray for you, you pray for me, that kind of thing. I like that. And I still I still keep that now. Um and then but yeah, I like I didn't really see any crazy miracles there. And then or like anything with the prophetic especially. Then when I transitioned to the black church and I heard African prophets prophesy, I was like, whoa. To the point where I was like, I was uncomfortable. I was like, listen, is this divination? Because you shouldn't know this. Like it was. It was, I remember one particular meeting and I was sitting there thinking, this isn't, this isn't. And then I was, I was in my head, I'm now thinking, are you so, it's so weird that when we see something authentic, our first thought is it's not God. Mm. It's, it's just too good. Like, God can't speak that accurately. It's almost like that's, that's kind of what we're saying, which is crazy. That's thick, isn't it? Um, but yes, yeah, so like his word of knowledge was disgusting. I was like, what? So I was seeing that. Um, so so you just like calling out like things in the crowd, like because a lot of people, I guess, oh, some yeah, people yeah. listening aren't going to be charismatic. So word of knowledge is when you are saying something that you couldn't otherwise know unless God told you. So you're going like, you have a daughter called Julie, and she's got stage three cancer, but she's, you know, you found out on July the fourth, you know, or yeah, whatever, yeah. like you know that that kind of stuff, which you know is is, you is astonishing. Know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You shouldn't know. I mean, I I know there's some Facebook uh, word of knowledge guys out there. But, <laughs> me and my wife have a game there's one in particular i won't name him um but like he comes on and like he always shares his videos from like different conferences but we always pause it immediately as soon as we know the name and we look up that person on facebook and then we try and come up with words of knowledge so we'll be like oh look in the in their first like 10 photos it shows them standing by their front door and it's red and look at their list of their relatives that we have oh it's like barbara and steve and, and, and then it's like oh you have three sons called steve terry and john and it's like yeah we just said that you know and you're like oh this feels uncomfortable uh, but then there is people like you know like hey like boom 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 and you're like what the fuck am i watching right now like this is insane um and, and yeah you know it, it's it causes you to start to go well maybe god is capable of knowing things you know like what how we how we think like that right we're immediately going oh no god probably uses facebook <laughs> He's limited to so, publicly accessible information. <laughs> so yeah, so it was just, it was crazy that like yeah. that was happening. Um, so I was seeing that. So it was like, okay, this stuff is real. But as cool as the prophetic is, I still want to see the miracle. I think the miracles help people more. Mm. You know, you can tell me stuff about like thanks, but someone's sick, they've got cancer. That cancer needs to go. So I was yeah. really, really on on that side of the miraculous. I was like, I'll leave the prophetic for later. Let me get this miracle stuff down. So by this point, um, 
I've discovered people like David Hogan, uh, you know, Dan Mola, Randy Clark, Heidi Baker, all those kind of people. Um, so now I'm old enough to go by myself to their conferences. So mm. uh, in 2017, Daniel Kalender, Todd White, who else was there? Nathan Morris. I love Nathan Morris. They all came to London. So of course we were there, front row, as what well, mm. as far forward as we could go. Were you, were you in a starfish position on the chairs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we said we said like an entire row for all. Yeah, of I bet. 15, 20 people. You start laying out your scarf. Yeah, you, all, you buy the longest chair, scarf yeah. possible. <laughs> <laughs> put your, chair, your your jackets out on the chairs. Put bags down, all that kind of stuff. So we went there, and um, there was a a guy called Scott Lee, a white guy that gave. He was doing that kind of African level of prophetic. Wow. 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 Call out people in there. But he was gen- He seemed genuine to me. I, I don't think he was a Facebook guy. No, no. Um, yeah. I mean, mo- I, I'm yeah, sure yeah. most people aren't sitting on Facebook trying to like come up with their own thing. <laughs> but I, yeah, I just remember he, his word of knowledge was that we were sitting there like, whoa. So that conference, um, I was really big. At this point, I'm really big on impartation. I had like a, I had a folder in my phone of like all my favorite generals laying hands on each other. I know I knew all the stories of when, you know, like uh, Swift Wiggles have laid hands on um, Lester Sumrall and gave him that last prophecy about the coming revival mm. and all that kind of stuff. I was really, I liked that whole heritage thing. So <clears throat> I want an impartation from all these guys, you know, they're moving in the stuff I want to see. Um, and at this point now I've seen, we used to, we started stepping out on the streets more. Uh, me and a few of my friends, we were like, we were called the heaven gang we stepped out on the streets a lot more to heal the sick. So I'd seen at this point, like actual, not anything visible, like, you know, I don't count legs growing, but like, uh, let's say a wound closing up or mm. a cancer dropping up. I hadn't seen anything like that, but someone that had MS was getting healed. Like we saw that. So I was like, okay, well, this is clearly real because they're not, or they don't need a crutch anymore. We saw people come off crutches and stuff, mm. but I still hadn't seen like, visibly seen something like that but these guys had you know so i want an impartation from them so let me just i need to get it so on the last day of the conference they're doing a whole fire tunnel and what people for those who don't know a fire tunnel it's basically where you have people standing either side to form a tunnel and everybody lays hands on you and prays now in charismatic circles we don't care about anybody in the tunnel except the one person we came to see who's probably the main speaker so in that tunnel i'm like yes yeah 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 now I've come to Todd White, layout, that kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're doing the fire tunnel. Um, they're in the fire tunnels, and then the guys like, oh, the, the coordinators like, oh, everybody go out in your sections, in your groups. When your group is called out, go. Everybody was just so on it that like, no one waited. Everybody was just going. I was like, no, Lord, I'm going to be obedient. You know, And I've learned at this point that oh, God rewards obedience. So let me just be obedient and wait till I'm told to go by the guy. So by the end, he's just not telling us to go anymore because people have just everyone's just gone. I'm like, God, I was said I'll be obedient. So you better make this work. (laughs) So what my friend then does is speaks to him as a whole. Can you get all the main guys to lay hands on some of us, like a group of us from here? We're from here. We run ministries. So they actually managed to do that. So they took us backstage, 10 of us took us backstage and they all laid hands on us. And I was like, God rewarded it. This is so much better than I could have asked for. So after we've had all these generals lay hands on us, all of us were like, listen, if you're not raising the dead by tomorrow, you're not serious. That kind of thing, right? Um, and I just remember talking to my friend about, I remember talking to Earl about it actually. And Earl was like, something that was bugging him at the conference was, 
while everybody's praying. So on the first night, Todd might pray for people with deaf ears. Deaf ears open now, now, now. I remember him speaking with so much authority. I was like, wow. And I think people were, ears were popping open and stuff. Um, and then he was like, on the last night, there was a security guy who was standing with his back to the stage with a hearing aid. And I was like, I watched him the whole time and he left with a hearing aid in. Mm. And he was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> like, what? All yeah. these guys, have come, all these generals have come to London and all the stuff that they're known for, we're not really seeing. So, I mean, Daniel, I have a picture of Daniel Kalendo on my phone where he's throwing like a crutch on top of like a pile of like 30 crutches and 10 wheelchairs. I didn't see any of that. There was like, there was a, there was a session that ended with a person in a wheelchair and like a hundred of us were praying for her. She didn't get up. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe even one of the speakers came down and prayed and she didn't get up. And I was thinking, what's going on? Why is it that these guys are seeming to do miracles elsewhere, but when they come here, we're just not seeing what, we're supposed to see well, what they right. they supposedly see. It's the Colchester um, principalities, man. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not in Colchester anymore, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd move to London at this point. Where it's stronger. Well, right? they're so, big, man. Yeah, exactly. Singing might be at the event. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is that just um, like jacking with you, or are you starting to like? How how are you processing that? Like like. Okay. Yeah. So so then, so the next year, we were still stepping out, stepping out, and we met a girl called Tatiana, and um she told us about a guy called she discovered a guy on youtube called Kyrie blake so at this point i've listened to everybody that can heal the sick so i've heard all the sermons mm-hmm. i've heard all the reasons why god doesn't heal and i just don't see them in scripture like i'm like ah, this doesn't say that so uh. and then Kyrie blake now so the only reason i listened to him was because in the first series the first video of the series it's called the divine healing technician dht series it's still the best teaching on healing I've heard to this day. The first video I watched, there was a comment section and the comment was like, oh, this teaching was really powerful. Help me raise my husband from the dead. Like, Whoa. Okay. You're like, I'll give it I'll a listen. Sit here. <laughs> <laughs> so I will listen to what this man has to say. Because at this point, so I've realized that it's, it's one thing for you to be able to, because I've seen people, maybe one or two people that can clearly do a lot of stuff, but they it's not like they can generate it or teach it so that other people can yeah. get the same results. So if you can, if you're teaching to help someone else raise the dead, you have my attention. So I listened to Curry Blake. And um, so yeah, so many different things happening. So so now at this point, when I moved to London, I'm going to this church, I'm friends with like people that are actively going out on the streets with trying to see this healing stuff manifest. Um, and then on Twitter, there's some guys in Africa, a group of kids in Ghana, that are coming out with this finished work of Christ message. And we're like, what's going on over there? They're they saying, you don't need to die to the flesh. They're here saying that, you know, uh, we have the fullness of God, the sinful nature is dead, all these things. And we're like, what? Well, God is pleased with you. God is nice. You know, God is good. Like, what? Look at Jesus in Revelation and there's the other side of God. All this stuff's going on, right? So I'm arguing with them. What about Romans 7? What about First John 1? Um, and now, actually, no. So I had an I had an encounter when I was fifteen, um, and this is this is kind of what kickstarted off the whole presence thing. This is why I gave Bethel so much attention because, in this dream, I experienced, I guess, the manifest presence of God. Mm. Um, and I was like, wow. I was like, okay, this is it. Like, if this if heaven feels like this, I can understand why we all want to go. Like, I can understand. So 
it seemed like Bethel had that presence thing. Mm. So I really wanted that. So I was really big. That's why I was listening to Bethel alongside the miracle stuff. And obviously at this point now, the miracle stuff has shifted towards the presence. So now I'm focused on the yeah. presence. Anybody that has the presence or whatever. So of course now, if you want the presence, you need to ask for it. So ask God to come down, call on God to come down, all that stuff. So when these guys are saying like, you, you don't do that. So like, what do you mean we don't do that? Look at, look at, so the high points of this in scripture, Exodus 33, show me your glory. Isaiah 6, high and lifted up. Second Chronicles 7, the temple, the um, dedication of the temple. So I'm like, what do you mean? Look, look, you're not experiencing this. So I don't need to listen to you because you're not getting the glory come down. We need it where, and then obviously God's generals guys would now, the story, now I started to hear their stories about the presence and how <clears throat> maybe like a Catherine Coleman, there will be a sound in the meetings when, when you know, stuff was starting to kick off and she'd stop preaching and people would start getting healed and the presence of God was so strong, people, all that stuff. So I was really, really big into that and I really wanted to see that. And I thought that's the key mm. to revival. When you see revival, we need the presence. We just need God to come down somehow and just take over this world type thing. Pray yeah, God yeah. into this earth sort of thing. So when these guys are coming out here saying this, I'm like, they don't know what they're talking about. So we just used to argue yeah. and I said, like, you know what, forget it. Did and you, that, that when you were like gone, in that state, constantly like being like, oh, we need the presence, we need the presence. And you're looking at these like heroes that like, you know, I don't know, they did something quite right. And then the presence falls and then people get healed. Like, did you feel that you, you were getting to that place of being in the presence like fairly regularly or was it like really rare or was it not happening at all? Or was it like you were just constantly <laughs> there? Like, like, because I'm fascinated by that because I, I lived in that life as well. Like, you know, like God chaser, like, you know, like God, you gotta, if you're not chasing after God, if you're not trying to make the presence <laughs> of God a reality in your life, well, your life is just bleh. Yeah, um, and you need to like make, like you, you need to pursue God. You've got to seek out, you've got to grab his hem of his shirt and you know, all <laughs> there's analogies right the way through, right? Because that's, that's a dynamic in any religion is, is this kind of pursuit. It's this, um, yeah I, I trying to connect two realities and bring one into the other like it's just really common within most religions so of course mm -hmm. it's going to be within the most ancient forms of judaism right through to like some of the early christianity there's this language that can be read that way um so i think it's very common for us but like what was your experience of that like did you feel like you were succeeding did you feel like you were failing so so like, after that dream it was literally like the presence my my presence thermometer was just not working mm. so after it was like literally after that dream it just got shut off my ability to feel the presence of god just wasn't there wow pretty much to this day um <clears throat> so i'd be in a meeting and everybody's like oh the presence of god is so strong here and i'm like i can't feel a thing this mm. is so weird and i didn't know what it was i asked everybody every, any any man of god that i could get access to i'd ask them what's going on i don't i can't feel this why is it and you know well maybe god is just doing this in you maybe god is just doing that it might just be the dry season all that stuff right mm. so but i really really wanted that presence again so i don't even remember what it felt like now i just remember how it was so good but also what happened was in that time it was almost like i lost sin consciousness for a bit because i was so focused on this presence i wasn't thinking about sin so i wasn't really singing anymore but I was, i'm like 15 at this point so i know that being able to live sinless is a reality. So that's like the one thing I agree with these guys on when they said that you could live sin free. I'm like, yeah, I believe that. But I don't have this, I don't have the scripture for it, but I believe that because I've, I've experienced that. Um, 
So Curry Blake now, in one of the DHT videos, he says, oh, the reason that this whole teaching works is because of the New Man series. So I'm like, well, okay, I've got to go listen to the New Man series now. So in the New Man series, he's now talking about the new creation, who we are in Christ, and he's saying the kind of stuff that those guys I was arguing with were saying. Mm. Now, what's funny is those guys, if you ever ask them questions, they would always send you a John Crowder video. Yes. And I was like, oh, I don't need, I don't know, who is this John Crowder guy? Why, Another why person are you all so obsessed with him? <laughs> so I'm like, how are you all so obsessed with him? Who is this Crowder guy? And actually it's super interesting. So Crowder used to run with Dave Vaughan. Mm-hmm. And Dave Vaughan came to my church, that charismatic church I was in eight, nine years ago. Wow. Um, that service was so controversial. Okay. There were some people who never went back after that day. Yeah. It was so I didn't know this though. So um, Dave Vaughan, I love that guy. <laughs> so I just, I didn't listen to the crowd of video. They sent me Mystical Union. I said I wasn't going to read it. I didn't read it for like like I refused outright. I have, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm not going to read this book. Shut mm-hmm. him off. So now when Kari Blake is saying stuff that sounds like Crowder and what these guys said Crowder said, I was like, no, let me give this mystical unit a read. I think on the first page, Crowder says something like, oh, when you hear the gospel, when you hear the word gospel, do you think of fun? And obviously in my head, I'm like, no. <laughs> He's like, well, then you probably haven't heard the gospel properly. And I was like, that's probably true. So I gave the book a read. So now I'm starting to get into this new covenant message i'm reading it okay well they say we have the fullness i'm not seeing the fullness but it says it there it's in scripture our flesh is dead oh wonderful i i believe that i can see now in scripture why i can say that okay cool that theology now is helping me with this um so i'm reading this and then this was like the final straw for me with the whole charismania versus the finished work kind of thing so <clears throat> with the that they called themselves like, i don't know if they called themselves that but I know we call them the glory gang all those todd white guys they did a conference like a huge conference called jesus um so at the end of the year there'd be like a jesus 17 16 17 18 so i went to jesus 18 and it was like this for me i was like this is it if i don't see jesus in some dream or vision or if i don't experience or encounter then i'm just gonna call it quits with this and just see what this finished work stuff is saying mm. so about the conference and this is the thing. So Curry Blake was really, really helpful because he drummed the epistles into you. Right. He was like, listen, this is who you are in Christ. You're in the new covenant, not the old covenant. Stop trying to be like Moses. Stop doing all that. Focus on who you are in Christ. So I'm, I'm a lot more familiar with scripture. And now I'm noticing that like, these guys aren't. Like, you guys are on stage. They're just saying anything. Mm. Oh, this is why this is weird. Why are we saying, why are you, that's not what that verse means. Why are you using this verse? Why are you, mm. um, like, so my eyes are opening. And of course, I don't have any experience at the meeting. I'm like, you know, what? so I, I come out of the conference now at the, on the last day and I'm with some of my friends and they were like, oh, that was so powerful. That was so amazing. I was like, I wasn't it. Nope, that wasn't it for me. And actually one of my friends said that he felt the same way, but no one else was saying it. Mm. <clears throat> so. So after that, I was like, you know what, forget that stuff. Let me just focus on this huge side. I think I read Mystical Union again. And then Kyrie Blake spoke about E.W. Kenyon. So going into the new year, going into 2019, I'm reading Kenyon. And someone had, 
one pastor in my church had given me new creation realities to read like a year before i just never read it i was like oh, i know this name so i went and read new creation realities and i was like whoa because when you read kenyan he makes you feel like a superman because like mm. he's just who you are in christ he just hammers at home it's like yeah i can do anything jesus does yes of course i can this is it let me renew my mind to this and i'm gonna see so the key to revival for me was no longer oh we need to pray god in i was like no no that's not it we need to renew our minds once mm. we understand who we are in christ then we're gonna see what jesus saw so that was the focus that was the focus in 2019 and the more and more um i focus on that so i started preaching that i started believing that started living that out you know now i know christ is in me i wouldn't say i'd completely grasp union but like i grasped the union i'd grasped union to the point where i didn't call god down anymore like i don't believe in that mm. um god is in us acknowledge the presence within you that kind of thing and then um i somehow discovered paul ellis's blog escape to reality yeah okay and um so this is this is about a year ago actually i came fully into the message about a year ago so he said um he had a few articles on on the gospel really and he was saying that the whole world was forgiven mm. i was like whoa that for me was everything so this also what's happening at this point is there's a nigerian guy called abel so there's so many stories that all so there's a nigerian guy called abel Domina, who's preaching this finished work message in nigeria like hardcore no it takes no nonsense god doesn't kill don't even argue with me look god is alive. like he preaches it so hard so there were because i'm at this point i'm a musician working full-time so i'm in a band with some nigerians um and after one practice they start talking about this stuff so i, I don't know i don't know how i found the video but he released a video or he was at a conference and the video went viral where he said uh he spoke about faith and he said that hebrews 11 faith is not our faith now up until this point every other preacher i've ever heard mentioned hebrews 11 said that so i'm like what do you mean it's not our faith and he says hebrews 12 is our faith i'm like mm, i'm not sure i gave it to my pastor he was like no that's not really it I'm like, okay i put that aside but i liked there was something about him that i liked but he was just mm. too hardcore for me too dismissive and really really rough um so i listened to a couple of his sermons and he was all about jesus the revelation of christ in the scriptures you read it so it's christ 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 and i'm like i know that's right but i'm just not with it yet so i just kind of left him mm. but so those those musicians started coming to my church so we'd be having more and more conversations and i'd be like to them oh, i was listening to kobe blake the other day and you'd like this because i know that you this sounds like the sort of thing that would say so i'm having conversations with them about this message so then it hits it hits yeah it hits june i realized the whole world is forgiven and that was like it for me i was like whoa okay and now i'm completely relearning everything this is kind of where the deconstruction began how does whoa, this fit whoa. with your church and stuff because even like i i know you're like this is where deconstruction began, but it feels like you're kind of deconstructing the a lot as you go really in, in a lot of different ways right even within different segments of charismatic christianity and things like how has that affected things like your relationship to your mom, right? I mean, she's come from like quite a word of faith kind of background, things like that. Like, how has it affected how you connect with like a lot of your mates, your pastor? Like, have they been kind of chill with you kind of going on this journey? 
Because you so, don't strike me as a person that would just be like, I'll just sit and be quiet about all these things. <laughs> right? I, I don't know if that's true, but I feel like you're bringing off that vibe, you know? Um, yeah. I can imagine you might share some of the things you learned. Um, oh, of course, yeah. How did, that, how did that play out? Like, did that cause problems for you or, or were people pretty chill about it? So, so what happened is, so Earl and I, so Earl started a ministry in 2017 that was running until June 2019. So right about when I came into this message, um, the ministry ended. <clears throat> so right, at this okay. point, people are telling me, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking at everybody that was coming. And I was like, when this ends, where are they going to go? Mm. What are they going to do? Hmm. I don't want to do ministry though. So, hmm. But there's nothing else for them to. Mm. And now people are saying, "Are you?" My pastor was really. He's like, "Yeah, you you can't just let it end, like, because it literally just ended." He was like, "Yeah, God said it. That's the end. We're on it. Ministry's over." So, and I re and because we were meeting so many times a week, I wasn't gigging as much. And then I kind of let go of that. So I started gigging more, and more gigs were coming in. So I was like, "When this ends, I have my whole week free. Now I can really start doing more gigs." So I'm like, "I'm trying to do music. I don't want to do this ministry thing." Mm-hmm. but i do feel like something has to happen so i'm talking to my pastor about it he thinks yeah you should you should start something other people you know i'm, I'm going to people what do you guys think yeah you should start something so i'm like all right um so it was when i came into this message that i was like now nah, i can start it just it was just mm. perfect timing so i start so literally the last thursday in june the mansion ended and i started the grace platform the first thursday in july so now I've come into this message. Now I'm starting to preach. I'm still getting to grips with it. I can preach the new creation stuff, but the salvation stuff, I'm still trying to figure out because it's all, we're already forgiven. What does that mean? What's going on here? So, because the way I am, I really go after stuff like I go hardcore. So when I was on Healing the Sick, we'd be out on the streets, pray for everybody we could. There was a point where I was really on raising the dead. So, I mean, I've been to pray over four bodies now, um, but like that. 2018 year I was like I was really on raising the dead David Hogan Smith all that stuff so I even had a shovel I bought a shovel to dig up a, a grave if I had to to raise someone so <laughs> so like that's I was the really, funniest really thing I've that. heard ever I, I think that actually genuinely might be the funniest thing I've had on this podcast in like 50 plus episodes <laughs> that at some point you're like right guys I need to get serious about this dead raising at some point God might say look dude John get to the graveyard we got this guy. I'm gonna raise him. Better buy a shovel yeah, just in case. That, kind of <laughs> that is like legit. So, um, <laughs> you know, like when you see like um, <laughs> you see in like you know like the uh, I don't know the American movies like shit goes down and they've got like a gun like on the wall ready to just like lift off. <laughs> I can see you're like you know you're in your living room. You've just got the shovel like mounted on the wall, ready. just ready to, like, <laughs> <laughs> to go shovel over the in shoulder the night, i wake up and know exactly where to go to dig up the body stuff i was really really on that so because they know that's what i'm like they're seeing my transition from i don't know the bible at all to i'm really on signs wonders and miracles to now it's all about jesus to now i want to see jesus encounter jesus to okay we're a new creation in christ okay now it's everybody's forgiven the gospel mm. um so when i first started the fellowship the grace platform which still runs now um it was tough not because so i live with my i live with my pastor he's my godfather i live with him so i don't live with my parents so they're not I, they're not as up to date as right. what's going on um <clears throat> so when i but when i first started the first few weeks because i was like i was the poster boy for 
Pentecostal charismatic Christianity right. with that whole stuff. So now that I'm like, say it's not that don't seek God, you have you all these things. Um, people were coming, no one was coming to me, but people were coming to all my friends, like, what's are you sure with like what's mm. going on with John? I'm not sure about what he's all this new stuff he's saying. So I remember I remember coming home one Thursday and I sat with um with my pastor and he was like, Earl came to see me. He was like, because he was so worried. He was like, You've just started ministry and all this is being said about you. This isn't good at all. I don't like this for John. I'm really worried about da, da, da. So we're talking about that. Because at this point, I've realized I don't need to confess my sins anymore. We're already forgiven. And that's like a big one for Christians to lose. Yeah, it's huge. Because we feel like we feel like we need to. So now that I'm preaching this kind of stuff, I just remember, I just remember feeling like, and then people say a lot, because I'm quite, what's the word? Authoritative. When I know something, that's it. I say it as I know it. You can't. Right. I've studied this thing too much for you to argue me over it. Like I, so because I say things with a lot of authority, while it commands people's attention. Also, if you don't agree with what I'm saying, it looks a bit more arrogant. So now I'm getting character assassination. Oh, they're saying you're arrogant, they're saying you're this, they're saying you're that, which is not my heart at all. So now I'm here questioning my character. And actually, I actually wasn't a nice, it wasn't a nice feeling. Yeah. So, but then what, what started happening was, so my own friends around me, I was the first one to come into the message. And then the more I argue, so we'd be like on a FaceTime arguing for three hours. God doesn't kill. Yes, he does. God doesn't. No. So then the next time we come back, okay, God doesn't kill. Except when it's, <laughs> so, so they were all coming into the message one by one by one. So now mm. all my friends are in the message. Like most of it, most of them here, like all of it, it's probably a couple of people struggle with it, one or two bits, but like, I don't know how, I, it's, I guess it's the grace of God, but like, it's really, really picked up momentum. So all the people that were chatting about me last year now are either attending the fellowship or whatever. Um, so that's, that's tough though, isn't it? When, especially when they're not going to talk to you. Like I, I found for me in my personal life, that's been the most frustrating, painful process is, is people that you love in your life have zero desire to have a conversation with you about it because they don't, I, I don't know why. I, I could hypothesize a whole list of reasons. Um, and that might be a really interesting thing to look at at some point, but uh, they just don't want to talk to you about your deficiencies and your heresies or your theology. They want to talk to everyone in your life about it. Um, and I'm just like, dude, talk to me. If you have a problem, share, chat, connect. Like, I, I would really happily talk with you. I'm not an aggressive, horrible, like, you know, I'm not going to try and convert you. I just talk to me. It's okay. Um, but that, that really is painful. For, like, I, I've really, I, I don't really have that anymore because I've kind of like that whole world is just gone now. <laughs> like, I think everyone that was, there, people were like, oh, there's not even any point about talking about this guy. He is gone. Um, but like, I really, I struggle with that, not because I didn't like people talking about me or people not liking me or people disagreeing with me, but just because I was like, huh, these are people I would call friends, but they clearly don't care enough to have a chat with me. Like, right? Or, or whatever. Like, how did you process? Because these are like, these are people that you're close to, right? They're having these conversations behind your back about so, how far so you with, when my friend, when my friend went to my pastor about it, he wouldn't normally do that. And I knew he yeah. did that because he cared. So that one like didn't hurt. Um, 
my past was just more concerned with where more with the trajectory where this could mm. go than where I am right now. But we would we would talk about the theology a lot and disagree on that. But this verse says this and this verse says that. So we were doing a lot of that. Um, I didn't really say anything to my parents. I don't really talk to them much about it now, but they know what's going on because I've, I've deconstructed a lot more since then. Like the yeah. last year has been crazy. Um, so it was just more my close friends we would talk about it but those that weren't my close friends would only talk to my friends and not to me I was like you could have reached out to me so for example the podcast we dropped the first episode why I stopped seeking God like 13,000 views on Twitter on the trailer like another 2,000 on Instagram and only two people messaged me wow people were tweeting all over the place about these guys are probably didn't even watch the actual podcast itself everybody's saying all this stuff i never agree with john and his doctrines anyway da, 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 da. only two <laughs> people actually sent me or messaged me like yo so in your trailer what did you mean and i thought that's that's crazy what, yeah. why do christians do that so so yeah so at first was really really hard really really horrible um and then as more and more people came into the message now that stuff starts to die down and there's no there's none of that now uh, for, at least from people around but from then a pastoral point of view now my pastor's basically because we have conflicting theology so he's like well you know if you're right then i will see it by the fruit of your ministry right mm. so i'm like okay cool that's fine i know this i know this message bears fruit because i see it in my life i see it in the life of those who believe it but i wouldn't say anything <coughs> just because i didn't i didn't really feel the need to um so all he would hear of me is debates or so i guess he thought that's all i was doing mm. um so that that was carrying on into this year so the more i deconstructed on things and of course when you touch things like hell and you touch things like the nature of god that's like that's red zones for christians yeah. inerrancy of scripture oh. yeah. well these are so, all the scary things when they were saying we're worried about where this is going this is all the exactly things that they, they, had they were right <laughs> <laughs> and you're arguing you're like, no 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 it's not gonna go there don't worry <laughs> like I, this is great and they actually turn out to be prophetic. <laughs> yeah, I, I went and looked at everything I wasn't supposed to look at. And I was like, well, I can see why I wasn't supposed to look at it, because it's not what we say it is, type thing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so I deconstructed a lot. So when when I realized how they were reacting to just those little things, I just really wouldn't say much anymore about what yeah. I believed. I, would, I wouldn't say everything to people. Hold on, let me uh, plug my laptop in before it dies That's a so good idea. i wouldn't uh, yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't really say much to them about stuff so there's just certain topics that we just don't touch because i know it's gonna yeah. get hectic um so did they allow that like so like because the thing is i guess because you're doing some stuff quite publicly um this is a dynamic i really struggled with when i was going through construction and i guess i i by the time I was speaking about some of the things I was speaking about, I'd, I'd, be, I'd become more certain or uh, more comfortable with my uncertainty in it or whatever. Um, but generally speaking, like if I was hanging out with my buddy who didn't believe like I believed, I'm like, well, let's not talk about how. Like it's not that hard to have a conversation where hell doesn't come up. You know, like we'd just kick back at McDonald's and, you know, talk about like his kids. Like this, we're not going to talk about hell. It shouldn't be an issue, right? Um, but it felt like if I had just, posted something on Twitter the day before about hell, or if I just released a video series about hell, or I just 
talked to some church two weeks before about how like it felt that you couldn't just avoid certain topics because they were like, I've heard you talk about, I heard you say, I, I, do you believe this? Like, how, how did you navigate that dynamic of you, you know, kind of putting stuff out publicly, you're dropping like a podcast or a, like a, you know, promo and going, Hey, eh, you don't need to seek God. Right. And then you go and hang out with your friend that, you know, really believes you need to seek God. <laughs> and they're like, can you tiptoe around that? How did you navigate that dynamic? So, so the more I deconstructed, so basically with our, a lot of our stuff would be on Twitter. That's where like we, that's when we were known. So what we how did it even happen so um one of the guys that we used to listen to before on profit he had a soaking video and i think he had the the word swirly in it which he was using for like new like wine getting drunk or whatever so because we're in the new covenant with the new wine what we would start doing was any tweet that we would find that was like in this message we'd put a wine glass above it quote to it wine glass wine glass so that became synonymous with us and then when i'd be preaching at the platform at the back, some of my friends would be like, oh, I'd say something, they'd be like, oh, that's swirly. And so it just became this whole swirly thing. So swirly became synonymous with the wine glass. And then I don't know who started calling us swirly gang, but that just became the brand. So like it became a thing and now it's the brand. Yeah. Like, our podcast is the swirly take. So what's the swirly's take on? So literally just became the swirly gang. So we deconstructed way past the stuff that we would say on social media. Right. Because we know what these guys can handle so all we would talk about was you're righteous don't you know you have the fullness of god we just leave it there on twitter um so i called it the assault of because on twitter there's so much about we're sitters and we need to see mm-hmm. ourselves right I, just, I hate that so i would always reply to that stuff violently like no don't say that <laughs> all that kind of stuff right I just, I just don't, I don't. Yeah, yeah yeah oh debates that people hated that oh he's always these guys are always debating people on twitter i was like well yeah because people need to see this like they only hear this they think this is the only valid view they mm. need to see someone else bring something in so as much as you guys will say oh for every one of those or 10 of people said oh he, all these guys do is argue there'll be one person that would message me like i really i'm so thankful that you said that because mm. I didn't know that you could believe, I didn't know that this was a thing and now it's helping them, right? And those yeah. are the people that I do it for, not for the people that would say anything. So we, um, we, 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 I called it the, I call it the assault of righteousness. That's what we hammer home on a, on a TL. So <clears throat> every once in a while we talk about how righteous we are, you're as righteous as Jesus, da, 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 you're the righteousness of God in Christ, all those different things. And then let's say, we just chill for a bit and then I'd see some more rubbish come back on Twitter about where sin is still. I'm like, all right, no, it's time to get out our swords again. Right. You are the right system. We just assault that message. That one message readers what we were saying. Um, and then I would deconstruct a bit more. And a lot of a lot more people on Twitter are now coming into the message so they could handle a bit more. Mm. And then people, and I also noticed the more I studied, the more I realized how ignorant, especially like my, my biggest battles were either with super, super Pentecostal Christians or Calvinists. Mm. So I realized how ignorant Calvinists in particular were. Oh, no, both sides were with issues like hell or universe. Like they just say rubbish. It's like, that's not what they believe. That Don't straw man. Don't do that. So I wouldn't outright say, oh, I believe this or I believe that. But I'd be like, at least get it accurate if you're going to attack it. Like, don't. So, of course, like I said, when you touch on topics like hell, then it's like, oh, mm. what do you mean? Oh. So, I, I, <laughs> so my friends, and obviously now I'm starting to share people 
instead of sharing the people all oh, everybody knows people people in my circle never heard of you or naked pasta or you know so when i'm posting stuff from you and they click on your page and then they see oh he's Sorry. lgbt affirming <laughs> <laughs> and they see stuff oh he's lgbt well are you like are you aware that he posts that stuff I'm like yeah it, it doesn't that bother you mm, not really so now it's like whoa where, where where are you yeah so i could like some of my friends i could see that they're just it's almost like they're scared yeah. to talk to me now because of oh, we just don't know where he is and obviously some people have completely written me off or whatever um so we had the debates and stuff and then in in particular with conversations with my parents uh we didn't, we didn't really discuss scripture before but when I came into this message, I would start to tell my mom more things about what I was reading. Mm. And so the thing is, I was now sounding like the pastor of that church that we went to that was entertaining open theism and things yeah. like that. So I was like, what's happening? <laughs> what's going on? Type thing. I'm sounding a lot more like him. So um, now I was like, whoa. I can I can see this becoming uncomfortable for my mom. Yeah. So she's heard she's heard stuff from Andrew I'm like she was in his Bible school. So at least like the foundations of the grace message, she's aware of that. But obviously this stuff is still way out there. That's yeah. long past Womack and things like that. So now I'm entertaining stuff. I said, nah, we don't go, we don't touch scripture, we don't touch, we don't rewrite the Bible, all those sorts of things, right? So if we had a conversation and my mom would maybe bring up a scripture i'd be like but that's not the context of the scripture but that, that's not mm. what that means and she didn't really like that very much so no. um i remember i was in the car one time um and i don't know what we were discussing my, my, my i'm an only child so it's just me and my parents and i don't know what verse they brought up but i was like this i was like no let's look like, let's look at the scripture because that's not what they're saying and i remember my mom being like look how he's talking to us sort of thing Mm. I'd be like, oh, all right. So let me just not. And um, so it went from being people I didn't, people I like was acquainted with saying stuff about me to now people that don't believe the message closest to me mm. saying stuff about me and not about the message, but they're saying that my character's changed. So mm. this was super hard for me because when I deconstructed this whole nature of God, Dick, and the all forgiving, all loving, only love God that, you know, I don't have, God doesn't have wrath. So I don't have wrath. I don't see things that way. Love is more to me now than ever before, you know? So when people would say stuff about me, that's just so anti what I'm about. Yeah. I was like, oh. Because it's like, okay, <laughs> you believe that there's room for that in what you believe, but that's so anti what I believe that it just, it just, it's, it's, it hits even, it hit home more than when people I didn't really know were saying. When people closest to me were like, yeah, we're seeing this and we're seeing that, or you're bringing the message, but it's not in the spirit of Christ. And the way that I understand the spirit of Christ is, is so different to how they understand it. I'm like, if you're saying that, that, that hits me more than it would even hit you. Because what the spirit of Christ means to me is, you know, so that's that's kind of what's been going on recently. So I, I just don't really talk about it with anyone. And with the debates, I used to debate a lot. I used to really, really debate a lot. 
But those Zoom debates literally tired me out. Really? Four or five hours after that, I was just done. I haven't really debated since. I just didn't see the point. If I like, I love, I love discussions, conversations. I have time for that. But when it's when you're just being assaulted, and it was was really interesting that those Zoom debates. I mean, it's like 350 people, and my chat is unlocked, so anybody can be saying anything. Oh God! And of course, we're saying God doesn't kill, and there's like ten of us to believe that twenty max. Yeah. And, and then the you've got rest... 340 people just pasting in <laughs> verses. <laughs> the rest of Christianity is in the comment section. Are these guys even Christians? Yeah, no, 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 no. So the guys that we were debating with, and we're just taking all of this. You know, we're not saying anything back. Not so even the guy arguing against us was like, you can't allow this. Like, hold on, you guys in the ch- ch- chat, stop that. In the comments, stop that, stop that. And so mm. for actually for some people, they were like watching us and how we responded in that debate made them think hmm there may be something to what these guys are saying because this seems more christ-like than yeah they bought these guys yeah yeah or them how these guys are reacting like how could your how could the other team be defending (coughs) you and you have no problem with defending yourself well you know Mm. so when people closer to home and i and this is the other thing is because I'm in the house, I'm always in my room and I'm just talking to my friends on the phone or whatever. So the people, even though I'm in the house and I live with them, I spend more time with other people. So the people that would know the most about me are the people I talk to the most, right? Yeah. And they talk about how I've changed. People that come to my fellowship talk about how I've changed. People that I, so I know I've changed. I know I'm not who I used to be a year ago. I'm not, I'm not who I was two years ago. So when people closest to home are saying to me, oh, your character's this, I'm like, but I'm actually not that guy. But I can't even, I don't know how to show you I'm not that guy because I don't know, you know. So in particular, my pastor, we had a discussion about, again, that fruit of your ministry thing came up. So I was like, he was just like, you know, all I ever hear you is debates. I was like, well, that's because that's all we talk about. I was like, well, you know, if you only chilled with Jesus when he was with the Pharisees, you wouldn't think Jesus was very nice. I was like, yeah. if you want to hear how I actually delivered this message, then come to the fellowship or listen to the fe- like listen to me when I'm actually delivering it to people that you know. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't think they really did that. But mm-hmm. so my pastor, I was like, if that's what you want to do, if he was like, he was like, he was like, well, let me hear more of the the other side. If you if this isn't what you're doing, let me. Hear. I was like, sure. So I literally for like three straight days every every conversation that someone messaged me like oh this teaching really helped me here or thank you so much for this message or da, da, da. i would screenshot and send it to him and just so you know i have this all the time this is the yeah. fruit of my ministry this is i'm seeing transformation all the time send it to him screenshot send it to him. screenshot send it to him. i was like i've made my point like i, I sent about yeah 10 12 i was like you know what? um so i just left it i was like if he didn't even reply mm. so I was like, you know what? if you want to see it there and just know that this doesn't stop this is always yeah. happening i'm always helping people um so it was like you know i, I don't know there's nothing there's not really much for me to do yeah. to show them i guess it's just going to take time it's hard see. as well though with the dynamic of like because this is something that i've seen again and again and again in people that are publicly deconstructing changing their beliefs redefining what they believe and then People watching on go, oh, that's that's demonic, that's evil, that's they're backsliding, they're this or that, whatever. And then the whole thing comes up and it's like, well, 
let's just see how the fruit pans out. Judge me by my fruit. But the problem is, what is good fruit to John? And what is good fruit to your pastor or your mom or whatever, right? And so it's a it's something like, I don't know, your mom's like, oh, you're being disrespectful by like sharing a different opinion or whatever. And I'm like, I, I get that. Like I've I've got people close to me that are like, you know, have a familial authority or whatever. My my parents were never particularly like that, but I've I've experienced that and uh, in different capacities and I've had pastors that are like, oh, how dare you like, you know, like question that like you know you're you're under my authority or you know all these different kind of concepts and but it's like it's, it's a thing like um i often think like a great example of this is people that deconstruct and then they start looking at something like sex before marriage and they go oh wait this isn't even in the bible <laughs> like there's nothing here to say that that's not the thing now there's loads of things that culturally talk about how women are property and they shouldn't be damaged before they're given to the before they're sold to their husband's family or the husband like yeah, that's there. But I've never bought a woman. Like, I'm very proud to say. I'm a very proud person in the 21st century, having not bought a woman. Um, and, and, you know, and things like that. So, like, you start to look at these things and you go, okay, well, there's actually not inherently something wrong with having sex before marriage. Now, you can disagree with that. You can um, quantify it in different ways. Yeah, but you should be in a loving, committed relationship. Yeah, you should be like, blah, blah, blah. People have different ways to engage with that. But the point is, if I'm a conservative charismatic conservative calvinist whatever and i'm judging you by your fruit and you move in with your girlfriend you're fucked man right i mean that's it you proved my point you are backslidden you are demonic you are and so like it's it's such a problematic element of like even the concept of like hey let's see how this pans out the problem is that what to me is just still really healthy like you know i, I don't know your, your relationship or not but you, you move in with your girlfriend you live with your girlfriend i'm like dude Looks like he's really healthy, happy, good, loving, kind, you know, all these amazing Christ-like qualities. But someone else is going to look at it and go, ah, uh, I knew it. I knew this was the path. To <laughs> and it's, it's, so, it's so problematic, right? It's a silly example, but I think it's quite a, an, a, it's an obvious example because we've seen that in people. And, we've, we've, and, and I've, I've been on that side where I've seen people that I love uh, go into um relationships and, and then live with their partner or whatever and i've gone oh i knew it i knew that they would get less close to god or that that evil guy led her astray or you know astray, all these yeah. different things and i'm like but now i can look at it and go gosh i i actually had no information to say whether they were doing well or not spiritually uh, I have no information to, to know whether that was a path of spiritual growth or some sort of spiritual regression or whether it was completely irrelevant. Um, but at that time, and so it's, it's a problematic thing, isn't it? Cause I'm sure you can already see that to some degree with different people that are quote unquote, judging you by your fruit. You're thinking, Oh shit, this is good fruit to me, but I know how this is going to come across to someone it's else. Come across to them, yeah. And then you're going, well, what do I do? Do I, do I live inauthentically? and try and not be myself for the sake of other people, which I've done. And I think there's, there's a valid, reasonable, honorable um, reason to do that. Kind of become all things to all men type of thing. Yeah, but also it sucks, right? <laughs> it sucks choosing not to do that, you know? Um, like that's a real complex world, like a really hard thing to navigate and... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, how do you how do you engage with? Because it feels to me like you're sitting on this precipice where you're constantly right there, and everyone's waiting for you to fall off. Um, and you're going, 
well, let's just see what happens. And everyone's like, well, we're, we're waiting. We're watching and we're going to judge you based on how you do. Um, I don't mean to paint where you're at in a terrible way and give you like some yeah, sort of no, existential no, no. dread. Um, but but how, how are you navigating that? How are you feeling that? Are you, are you aware of that dynamic and going, oh, how I, what I think is healthy and good and good fruit and whatever Christ-like might to someone else seem like Satan incarnate? Yeah, it's, it's, it's that whole nature of God thing is a game changer because if you understand God to be, so if, if God isn't sin conscious, then sin conscious people, like sin conscious people can't understand not being sin conscious. That's like, that's, that's Satan. How could you not be, you need to be focused on sin. Sin is the biggest thing. So when you lose that, um, it's, it's honestly like some people, I get called a heretic all the time. I, my, my Twitter name right now is the Christocentric heretic. So I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've adopted the name, I'm used to it. Um, because people are like, we fundamentally believe in a different God. And I'm like, mm. I actually hear that. You know, because your God, and I, I think it was you that posted something like that, the people that believe in a punitive, retributive God, he just sounds like a super version of them. Whereas mm. like for me, the holiness of God, why he is so set apart is because of how other he is, as in he only forgives, he's only light, he's only love, he's only good. Like that that makes more sense as to that is holy, because you know, we're not That's just not, not like what us. humanity is like <laughs> generally speaking. That's nothing like us. So um because of that, yeah, so but I I'm not I'm still I'm still quite conservative in some areas with like uh, that whole relationship thing. Um, me, so I'm not I'm not LGBT affirming, but I know that homosexuality doesn't send you to hell. So you know, um, but even that for some people, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. So so, so for different positions, that is still a very yeah, heretical that's one. Still for very, a lot of people. yeah. Oh, that's heresy, homosexuality. Oh, okay, but I but the 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 cool thing about me being here is that I'm so much more open to other opinions and mm. I can hear people out. And one thing I got from my pastor that I'm really, really grateful for is he always used to talk about the spirit of what people say, mm. not just what they're saying. So there's, there's a, there's a podcast called ideas digest and they are, I don't even know what they are to be fair. They never actually say what they believe. They just get different people on to talk about whatever. Um, but I'm, pretty sure they come from a Christian background. I'm not sure where they are now, but there was, they had a, an ex porn addict come on. And I remember him speaking about porn. He was like, when I stopped viewing porn as right or wrong, I, he's, like, he's basically when I stopped viewing it through a moral lens and just viewed it as a business or a product, then it kind of helped me. And I was like, oh, I see where he's coming from. I get what he's saying mm-hmm. because he's basically talking about sin consciousness and not viewing it that way. And now you're able to, but like for someone that's like sin, that's what, what are you, this how is could you, off the table. Yeah. You need to delete this. Like one, <laughs> one apostle that I know he put it on his story said, this needs to be judged in heaven. You need to take this down right now. How could you guys allow this on the internet? You can't be Christians. And I was like, wow. yeah, but do you not see what he's saying? He's not saying porn is right or wrong. He's talking about, viewing it as something so because of that i'm so much more open to seeing things from other perspectives and i like i can hear people out like oh you believe that okay well here's well i say that i hate calvinism uh 
I hate I hate things that give people a unhealthy view of God. I hate like that's that's really what I'm trying to hammer now. Like stop viewing God like that. That's harmful. It always shows up in their life too. Um, so you believe God is vindictive. You believe God is retributive. It's going to show up in your life because you're going to be like that because that's what you mm. think he's like. You're not going to really walk in love because you don't. That's not love. You don't. If God is love, but your version of love is skewed because that love includes, you know, violence and whatever, then you're not going to love without that. Like that's not real love if it's not without the violence, if it's not without the retribution, if it's not without. So, um, when I see people, I, I basically just try to help people along that journey of letting go of this, letting go of no, he's not, he's not violent. No, God is good. God is good. They hear it for like obviously. If you say God is good, why would anybody disagree with that? Uh, because he does stuff in the Old Testament that's not good. Oh well, you say he didn't do those things. Yes. Oh, what about that's like, okay? That's fine. We'll take them one at a time. Or I've uh, what I tend to do. My technique is to establish Jesus as the express image of God. And I'd be like, so if we don't see it in Jesus, it's not in the Father because Jesus perfectly represents perfectly represents the Father. Okay, cool. And then when I show them more about who they are in Christ and who Christ is in them, <clears throat> so for example, on that debate, I was like, listen, if God is, if wrath is part of God's nature, why the heck is it that when we become more Christ-like, we're told to put off wrath? Yeah. How can that, that, that doesn't make sense? If he's, we should be putting on wrath if it's part of his nature, right? Mm. So things like that, um, and it's, it's changed everything for us, for us that believe to this point, the radical forgiveness, the nature of God. Um, so because for me love is is the real fruit the fruit of the spirit is love and then the rest is just love explained um so because i see love as first corinthians 13 rather than I don't know, exodus 23 or whatever, like some other version of love obviously then the fruit is different um but i i yeah, I mean, I know people are waiting for me to fall. So what we're doing with the podcast, though, is that we're giving people, with the podcast, the idea is you guys have been told that fundamentalist Western reformed evangelicalism is the only legitimate Christianity. There's no view outside this, there's anything. So we've come, you guys, like, we have your attention. So what we're going to do is we're going to present to you that actually that's not the only view. It's not the only solid view. Yeah. You can believe this. You can believe that it's okay to believe this and that. Mm. Um, and just seeing that alone sets people free. Because, like, oh, you mean I can ask my questions? <laughs> oh, cool. So because I see that and I know I have fruit and I know what Christ is doing in me, now I'm, I'm not so concerned with what other people are saying or doing um, or yeah. saying about me or whatever. So it's not, it's not so much of a big deal. The people around me, like I, every day I see benefit of what i'm doing so that to me carries way more weight than someone because in 10 years time when this person is this or this person is that you're going to see oh wow this was all because of so because i have that in mind now i'm not so concerned when are you that kind of person because i know that the majority of humans uh when given a hundred pieces of feedback will focus on the one negative over the 99 positive like do you tend to manage to kind of buoy yourself up quite well if you get enough positive feedback and stuff or because I'm, uh, I'm i get obsessed with the negative uh, <laughs> certainly i'm getting less like that but i've definitely yeah. been like that as a whole 
I think the message has helped me with that because because I'm supposed to focus on Christ in me. Christ defines who I am. So even when the world tells me, when my mm. subjective reality tells me you're this, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm this. So because that's kind of like my foundation. If if I know personally and those closest to me know that my subjective reality is lining up more and more and more with this objective mm. Christ truth about me, then when someone else now comes and says and usually even in those conversations i'll say something to them like well you're only saying this because of this or you're only saying that well what about this like you guys haven't so you guys are saying all this about how i how i deliver the message but you've never actually gone to listen to me deliver the message Mm. like i have a whole youtube channel with like 30 plus sermons of me delivering this message so if you go listen to how i do it you will know that it's not how when we're debating about this and that it's yeah. nothing like that because that's this is a completely different context to that. That's yeah. actually how I present the message, you know. Um, so it's it's. I know that, and because I've I've also seen people that were saying I was arrogant when they weren't in the message, and then when they came to the message, they were like, "Oh, I remember I did this." I was like, "Oh, they weren't being arrogant." So that able demeanor guy, I couldn't, I just didn't like it before. Now it's funny to me because mm. i get why he's doing it because i get where he's coming from now i don't see it the same way so when i realized that that happens a lot as well um then i was like oh, they're really mainly saying this because they disagree with this and that and then when i guess when they yeah. come into the message they'll see that it was never that at all and that perspective shift um changes a lot of things so with those things in mind it's easier for me now to just brush off yeah. that stuff if the people closest to me in the message were now coming to say whoa your characters a bit then i would be like well okay let me yeah calm down if that makes sense yeah yeah it does yeah yeah so in you said like in the last year this has like been the big kind of like holy crap everything's kind of like changing it's been big deconstruction like Mm -hmm. how has that been for you like internally like not just in how you've related with other people and stuff like that but like how have you processed that like um have you found it um because you strike me as someone that is uh very passionate uh, you seek after something that's true. You kind of go after it with everything. Once you kind of have an idea of like, oh, I might be wrong. This might be true. Like you've really like that. That in the story you've kind of laid out so far, you seem to be that kind of person. It's just like you're gung ho. You're going for it. Um, mm. It feels like the, most people um, have like kind of one or the other experience of deconstruction. Whether they like they come across new things and like, oh, this is amazing. I'm so excited. Or they kind of go, no. Nah! <laughs> just like, um, but how was it for you like did, did you experience a mix of those kind of different emotions and like was it easy was it hard was it fun was it terrifying like what it was a mixture of the two certain things were easy to deconstruct so when when i realized the whole forgiveness thing and kind of the goodness of god that was amazing like whoa god is actually better than i thought he was this is awesome mm. then when it came to inerrancy and the nature of god and god not get that was so hard so i read i read through quite a a few books on your list um i didn't even finish save from sacrifice because it was just too much right okay i I got like i got like a good halfway through and i was like i can't do this because like every page was destroying me and the other thing was (laughs) because i was also i was at this point i'm running a fellowship and i'm teaching so i'm like I don't even know what anything means anymore. And I've You've got to stay somewhat sane. <laughs> yeah. I've got to teach this Bible on Thursday and I don't know what anything means. Oh my God. So in those early stages, 
it felt like I fell apart like once or twice a week, especially with that nature of God thing. Yeah. Um, and, and what the scriptures were. Um, and I literally, I, I the only way I could say it, I was, I was clinging to Jesus. I was like, mm. you know, even if this whole Bible isn't true, I believe in Jesus. I believe he's right. real. So there's always going to be that. Um, so that's kind of what kept me sane through the earth, through that particular, that thing was the hardest to deconstruct. That was so hard. Um, but once I made it through, then everything else was just, it was right. much easier and much more enjoyable. Cause it was like, oh yeah, of course God is good. Of course this verse doesn't mean this. Of course that does, you know, um, mm. but yeah, that was, that was hard, but it's so interesting because I mean, I mean, I, I didn't realize that I deconstructed so quickly either. Like I didn't realize that in a year, I, I remember I messaged you a year ago about um, the whole encountering God, you know, visions, dreams, presence, experiencing the presence thing. And then after I dropped the first episode of the podcast, someone messaged me pretty much the exact same thing. And I was like, I remember being you. Like, I, I remember, I know exactly how you feel right now. That's funny. So I actually went back to the, I'd screenshot what you said to me and sent it to him. And uh, <laughs> it was like, funny. it was like, whoa. It was also when I, when I realized that like all the people that had helped me along the journey coming into the message, I would go back and listen to them and be like, oh, this is where, everything's kind of like a spectrum to me. Mm. So it's like, oh, oh, they've only come this far in the spectrum, but I'm here now. Whoa, you've been in this message for 10 years, but you're only here. How did I, in like a year, come to this point, believing this? Mm. And I just realized, whoa, I've, I've like gone way past where people normally go. And then what's also happening is because the people I'm teaching are hearing it from me, they're going even faster than me. Wow. So like I had one conversation with a guy and in one conversation, yeah, God doesn't kill. That makes sense. I was like, what? Do you know how long it took me to kill? <laughs> You're like, you, I was... bastards. Like I struggled with that for months. <laughs> you know how many books I had to read before? Bro. I was like, how is this happening? What? Like what? That's that hilarious. Was wrecking me. So wow. it's just really interesting how that's happened. Like quicker and quicker people are catching. What took us months yeah. to catch, they're taking weeks to catch or days to catch. Yeah. Um, but even us, we took what we could in a year. Some people took 10, 20 years Sure, to catch. yeah. It's so different so, for different people, right? Do you, how do you deal with, so this is something that fascinates me. I'm a little outside of this world. Um, you know, I don't have like a fellowship or, you know, we, we have a community here and we, we hang out and stuff, but there's no one's looking to me to be in charge. Um, or at least I hope not. Um, God, um, <laughs> you'd be very disappointed. Um, but there's there's a dynamic where you have a group of people that are coming to you for guidance, for leading, for teaching, for whatever. How, how are you coping with the concept of like, oh, they're growing faster than me. They're moving beyond where I am. Like, what does that look like for you? Do, do you worry about that? Do you think oh how am i going to do this like is i wouldn't say because what would happen is i'd be i'd be deconstructing like 20 times faster than anything i preach mm. and anything i preach would lead someone to deconstruct maybe 10 times as fast so however far they deconstructed i deconstructed way more yeah you've um, already been on that path because you're teaching yeah, yeah, yeah. a few years behind where you were well, um, months yeah. or yeah so okay. it was i haven't no one's brought anything unfamiliar to me yet but because of what i've read and what i've listened to and seen um 
I know the direction I could point someone to because like, well, this is sure. out of my expertise, but I know he'd be really good for this. Or I know they'd be really good for that. Yeah. Um, but that spectrum thing is so, so, so interesting because it's mm. helped me. I haven't listened to your spiral dynamics thing, but I can kind of visualize what it would be because I can see it with people's theology. I'm like, okay, this person's here. So like, for example, I tried reading Richard Murray's book, God versus Evil, about the nature of God a year ago. And I was like, nah, because like the first thing he said is like, Moses thought he heard God, but he was Satan. I was like, I can't read this. So <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> um, but six, seven months later, I was like, now that I understood where he was coming from, oh, okay, this is, so now like, I can read the book. But it, was, it would have mm. done me more harm than good to, to read it then. Yeah. So because I've, I've deconstructed where most people are and I know, okay, this would help them. This would be, they would be really, it wouldn't be beneficial at all for me to send them this right. to help them get this because they won't even know what to do with themselves. So let me send them this, which will lead them to this. And then I can send them this. So like yeah. for, some, for some, some stuff, I don't send your name. I just send a video of you. I like I download the video and send it. So they don't know who you are. They don't know where they can find you. Good idea, <laughs> man. Good idea. <laughs> so I said, oh yeah, this is- You're really airbrushing cool. it like the at naked pastor <laughs> on his cartoon. And you're like, this is, this capture it's perfect, but do not look this guy <laughs> out. Gordon's but, page. Yeah. Um, so- That's, yeah. that's wisdom. I, guess, wisdom. I, I guess because you guys are so outside the spectrum. For me, it only really hit me like, with probably with that Zoom debate that like, I'm not even, I'm just not reformed evangelical anymore. Like I don't yeah. think I'm out. I'm really in that camp at all. Um, and then it was kind of like, whoa. So I remember messaging you about this recently where after the podcast that we dropped, cause, cause the way that the fellowship runs is people come on Thursday, they hear me teach about who they are in Christ, you know, the finished work, stuff like that. They then go back to their churches on Sundays. Mm. I'll be not hearing that on Sundays. They're hearing something else, but then they'll be talking to their friends about, what they're hearing at the platform right so people have been saying for ages some people are like oh man just make the platform a church on sundays let's meet on sundays i'm, like, I'm not doing that that's long one and two if you're all coming here on a sunday then you're not going to be able to tell anybody else about this because where you would be on sunday now you're here mm. so i wasn't really trying to do it so after we dropped the podcast now people are coming to me saying well you know you're saying this and people are hearing it and people are going and spreading it. And now it's contradicting what the pastors are teaching and it's going to cause issues. And da, da, da. like some, one of my friends, like his pastor's basically on the verge of kicking him out of the church. Mm. Another one is pastors about to have a meeting with him, you know, um, and this is damaging the body of Christ. This is damaging the local church. So I hadn't really touched ecclesiology up yeah. until this point. Um, but because, because Christ frames my worldview, so to me, I can explain it. I don't have script like I don't have scriptures to call to hand like oh, but I'll be like, well, yeah, this is the Jesus like Jesus lived out, so that looks like this. Or we should be like that, or that would be my ecclesiology. But obviously, because they have constructed this means this, and you need to have the firefold, and the apostle must do this, and the prophet must do that. And I'm just so outside of that now. Yeah. That's like oh, <laughs> it's so hard to have those conversations when you're like the 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 framework that you need me to work within would require me completely building a whole world for you to understand before we can even have the conversation. It's, mm. you know, it's such a, a hard, um, and then you're just like, well, is it even worth having this conversation? Like, are you even yeah. able to have 
this conversation with me like i i don't know you know you see it i, I bring up the example all the time because i think it's great but like you know rob bell going on like premier radio with like uh, i think it was andrew wilson to talk about love wins and they've got like 10 minutes each to talk about like you know hell and like Andrew Wilson's like, well, let me list to you like 30 scriptures. And there, that's my point. I don't even have to explain it. I just listed the scriptures. And Rob's like probably sitting there thinking, Jesus, I don't even believe the Bible is what you think it is. Never mind that it should be used the way that you just used it. Yeah. So how do I make my point the way you made it? Well, that's like, that's like asking someone from, you know, India to make a point in German. You know, it's like, but, uh, that's not even the language I'm talking here. You know, like uh, you're asking me to do something that's like, it's just not on my, my wavelength. Um, mm. It's such a, a problematic uh, points where you, where you hit those impasses and, and someone is going like, I, I need you to explain this, like with these 10 scriptures and you're like, Oh, I didn't even think to look at the Bible about this yet. <laughs> I just was like, just rationed it out, thought about it and was like, you yeah, know, that makes much more sense. Like, and you're like, Oh, I am just not what you think I am anymore. <laughs> like, or I just don't operate that way anymore. Um, it's such a fascinating dynamic. It's such such a fascinating dynamic. Something that fascinates me is so you, you talk about this deconstruction you've been through, and you talk about like you know some of it being easier, some of it being harder. Um, you talk about like you've been through this like radical year of like change. Do you do you feel? okay, I kind of settled. Like, or do you feel that, is there stuff that you're still looking at? You're like, oh shit, like this is going to hurt. Like, like, you know, where, where, where are you at right now? Like, how are you, how are you dealing like with things where you're at right now? Or do you feel like you have, cause this is something that fascinates me is so many people talk about deconstruction as a phase. Other people talk about deconstruction as like a lifelong journey. Um, mm. People talk about a reconstruction you know, people would go, oh, I have deconstructed, like, you know, like there's all these different approaches to like growth and, 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 yeah, and yeah. process. And so do you feel like, nah, I'm pretty kind of, I feel like I've kind of arrived at something that I'm fairly comfortable with, or do you, are you still kind of processing stuff? Like what's, what's going on with you? I think the only, I'm, I'm sure on the nature of God, I'm sure on our identity in Christ. I'm sure on, there's some things I wouldn't, I like, I just won't move on just mm. because of how I think it's just how beneficial and stuff it is. Like, oh, right. Leaving something else which just wouldn't help you. I don't think that we shouldn't mm. entertain that. So like when, with this whole sinful nature stuff, I just don't, we are sin free, believe that. And you will sure. live that. If you try and entertain anything else, it's just going to mess you up. So just, you know, and I have my proof text scriptures for that. Like I behave like a Calvinist with that. Oh, yeah. really? You don't look, here's Romans 6 for you. Here's so I have all those scriptures for things like that. Um, but like let's say with the Bible itself, um, because of so like I, I've listened to K, Caleb Miller a little bit recently, mm. who's getting a lot more into Hebrew scholarship and things and explaining the old testament from an old from its context. Um, and it's now like boy. I don't even know what this Bible is. You know, I've listened to Pete Enns as well, talking about the Bible, you know, and what it is, because I, I, I might, might as well know what this book is if we're going to use it. Um, so now, so before, the grace way to read the Bible is it's Christocentric. You know, you, Christ is in everything. You must go and read Christ and explain Christ through the scriptures. And I do that, and I love doing that. But then 
there's also the aspect of it says what it says but there's a reason it says that yeah so explain it from that side too so because <clears throat> because in in we touch the old testament but not like we won't go through like the whole of Samuel. We stay in the epistles and we refer to the Old Testament when necessary. But for the time of the platform, when I do start teaching from the Old Testament, I'm going to have to teach it that because I want to be as truthful as possible. So I'll be like, all right, this is what it meant then. This is how we read it now. Mm-hmm. But the neither way is is normal, fundamental. <laughs> like it is not. Yeah. So I've gotten to the point where because for me, and I think most Christians, we Christians should have this view if they're Christians because they follow Christ. The purpose of scripture is to point, is to testify of Christ. So outside of that, so 2 Timothy 3.16 to me is saying that's also what scripture is useful for, not that's what scripture is for. It's like, no, it testifies of Jesus. Oh, and it's profitable for doctrine. For, like if that's what it's, it's it, that's the icing on the cake, not the mm. whole thing. So the Bible doesn't need to be all true to testify of Jesus, that's the Old Testament in particular. Um, so to me, it doesn't matter if Moses existed or not. It doesn't matter if right. Abraham existed or not, which for like some people is like, what, how could you say that? I'm like, well, what's the purpose of the book? It's not a history book. It's not for me to know about Moses. And as a Christian, that's, that's, that's certainly not why you're reading it. So because I've come to the point where I hold so loosely what the Old Testament is, what's myth, what's not, what's polemic, what's not, um <clears throat> now I get to explore it for what it is. Yeah. Which is a lot more fun. Um, and it's a lot more interesting. It's like, oh wow. And in some ways, it's almost better than just reading it Christocentrically, because it's like, no, but look, even in their time, they understood that God wasn't like other gods. Or even mm. in their time, they understood that, oh no, this isn't how creation happens because God isn't like that for, you know. Um, so that's kind of where i'm at with with that kind of stuff with with the more practical things like you know prayer work the staples of christianity prayer worship uh i don't i don't pray as much when i say pray i mean i used to like sit there and pray in tongues for four or five hours i used to do that i don't do that anymore i pray in tongues like when i feel like it which isn't that often really um, but I do, I do, um, the one thing I do try to do more is pray for other people just cause mm. I, I can't help you in, it's almost like I've come to a place where now if I had the opportunity to have a conversation with someone for two hours or pray for them for two hours, I would take the conversation over the prayer yeah so i feel like that does more means more obviously me a year ago what there's power in prayer and all that stuff i'm not really i I, i'm a lot more incarnational with that kind of things like it's physical we're not in the spirit we're here like this Mm. is it so let's um and i even know like some of my some of the people i'm friends with in this message wouldn't wouldn't agree with that but for me it's like jesus spent more time physically helping people than, I mean, I know we use scriptures to say that he went off and prayed every night, but that's not what those verses are saying, right? So stuff like that, it, re- it reframed how I saw worship, how I saw prayer. Mm. Um, and because of that, because for me, both of those really are just living aware of, of God, being aware of God in every moment. 
as much mm. as possible. Um, so I don't feel the need to ask God to do this and that. But I do when I see my friends going through something and I'm powerless to now do something for them. I'm powerless to physically be there to help them. That's when I pray for them. Yeah, That's kind of my prayer life has been almost reduced to intercession, as it were. Um, what else? Bro, I should read the Bible. <laughs> I <laughs> if anybody watches this from my person they're going to be shocked so <laughs> i spend i spend more time it's so so funny to me you know how there's a staple christian phrase you need to read the word don't just read books about the word read the word i spend more time reading books about the word than the word itself me too for sure because i'm like listen i've seen it i'm like you can read that book all you want if you don't have the right lens on that's going to mess you. It's going to do you more harm yeah. than good. Reading it's not going to help you. You're not helping yourself. You're just messing yourself up. So I'm spending more and more time reading the books that help me understand the Bible for what it is so that when I do read it, it's like, oh, okay. Okay, this makes sense. That makes sense. Now I understand how to see it, how to view it. Um, so I just find that so funny that the people that have that view and where they are, you know, I'm like, they're, and they're, you can see that they're, they're not living in freedom. They're not living in, you know, what Christ paid for. Um, it's like me that I do exactly what you tell us not to do. I'm living in it. It's just so funny to me how that's mm. a thing. Um, what else? That's all I can think of at the top of my head. Yeah. Do you think but, you yeah, have some fun. idols? And I mean that not in a negative, you know, to um yeah it's such a negative word in christianity isn't it but i, I just mean that in the, i know for me in my process of deconstruction there's been certain things that i've gone nope not looking at that no oh, way. um then actually have found like you know i've just kind of gone with my gut on a lot of those like so there's certain things that i'm like can't go there just can't put it down walk away and then like i remember it was one thing in particular i picked it up like maybe like a year and a half later and i was like Oh, I already believe that now. And I hadn't even like mm. intentionally gone after it, but like by the time I was brave enough to look at it again, I was like, Oh, I already have processed that and come to that place. Um, and, and also the stuff that I'm like, Oh, I'm not going to touch. And I, and I, it, I've not yet deconstructed it and maybe I won't deconstruct. Maybe it's, it's fine. Um, but do you think there are things that you're like, you mentioned, you know, things like the nature of God, Jesus, not going to go there. Um, and you've said, because I've seen, you know, like something like sin consciousness, I'm not going to go back to sin consciousness. I've done that. Yeah, it didn't yeah. work. There's, there's an element of like, I've done that. It didn't work. And I've got a better thing. Um, but there's also an element of like, I've got something that's working for me and I don't necessarily have a back to go to, or maybe I do have a back to go to, but like, there might be a few, a forward as well. I, I don't know. There might be an even better way to engage with this or whatever. Like, is, is there stuff that you're like, Oh, I just don't want to touch it. I'm scared to, or I'm just like quite, I'm absolute. Like you mentioned the couple absolutes you've got. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I haven't touched the LGBT section of your the homosexuality. Grace right. course. Bit. Okay. Well, that's why you don't agree with me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, if I touch this and I hear, because the problem is with this thing is once you've heard something, you can't unhear it. Once you've seen certain things, you can't unsee it. Yeah. 
it's like I can't believe the Bible's in Arabic because I've seen this. Like you yeah. can't. There's nothing you can say to me that undoes what I've seen. Um, mm. stuff like I I I I couldn't read the Universal Christ. I tried it and I was like, oh no no no, because if Christ is in everyone, then what is salvation? <laughs> I can't preach. <laughs> you know, all that kind of, oh, I can't do that because if I go there, I have to read. I have to do everything again because it's like, well, what was the point of the cross? And then even some, there's some questions in my head I don't entertain. So like, um, with the whole, so with that universal Christ thing, it's like, well, okay, if Christ is in everyone, was that because of the cross or was it before the cross? Because Christ was always what held everything together. But then if Christ mm-hmm. is in everyone before the cross, what was the point of the cross? Things like that. I'm like, you know what? Let me just preach this message, for, <laughs> you know, um, cause it's just, it's just so, oh, I can't be bothered to do that right now, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, stuff like that. Christ is it a right now right. thing? Do you, are, are you kind of resigned to the inevitability that if like, uh, the question's kind of niggling on some level that I'm probably at some point going to pick it up and go for it, but I just can't. Yeah. I might, right I might, or I might look it, into or? it. I might look into it. Um, I haven't decided yet. I was, I was, I was a bit uh, with the inclusion for a while. Cause I was like, oh, I don't know about that, but. I don't even know how I started to, I would read books that spoke about inclusion that I didn't know spoke about inclusion. Right. So they would present the argument. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. And I'd be like, oh, wait, <laughs> wait. So um, you sneaky dog, you got me believing it without reading the books. <laughs> I think that's the, the example I gave. I'm like, that's probably what happened. I watched like yeah. a YouTube video of this and that. And I started to believe these things without going, wait a minute, this is the video I was trying to avoid yeah. watching. Like, yeah, stuff like that. Um, that's so funny. understanding but it's it's not because people hear inclusion and think one thing and it's like no that's not actually yeah. what it is um but understanding that christ did what he did as the vicarious man which included everybody so what he did he did as everybody whether they believe that or not that doesn't change the fact that that's what he did as everybody that's really what inclusion is in a nutshell and it's like well if you don't believe that then what else is there to believe sort of thing um so with that stuff the whole I get my esch- oh <clears throat> looking into preterism blew my eschatology out of the water. I don't even know. I literally don't know anything about what happened. Like I don't <laughs> looking at Revelation, I'm like, I don't know what any of this means anymore. This antichrist, nope, I don't know any of that. Let me just leave that. Um so yeah, with that stuff I like I don't even know. I just can tell people we will raise I'm I'm even some things I'm, I'm thinking about now like right now i'm i'm leaning towards the idea that in the end it's not about us going up to heaven but actually it's all going to come here type of thing where mm. like um because i was like why would the earth be crying out for the sons of god to manifest for then god to just destroy the earth like, what was the point like, it would make more sense if the earth was crying out and then god redeemed the whole earth okay like, yeah, that that kind of makes more sense to me. So I'm like, I, I, I think that's probably what's going to happen um, with the whole heaven and hell thing, exactly what heaven is, exactly what hell is, because now I've so out of that and I, I'm so much more incarnational than spiritual with it. So I'm like, I don't even really know what all that stuff is. Um, so with that stuff, I'm like, some things I'm open to looking into other views and hearing more things about other things. I'm like, no, nah, because if I touch that, it's a Pandora's box. Yeah. I know what that's going to do. It's going to make me go through all that deconstruction thing again. It's long. And the problem is I, it's hard to preach 
Yeah. It's hard to preach something you don't believe in. Yeah. Really. Because I'm all about truth. Mm-hmm. So if I don't believe this, I'm not going to say it. So if I now start to believe, oh, this is this and that is that, I can't now come on a, on a Thursday and preach to you. Well, this means this. I know that's what it means. But if I say that, yeah, so so there are some things I there's some you know what yeah I think if I didn't have a fellowship I would explore other things a lot more. That's interesting. But because I have people that um come to listen to me and things and I have to teach them I'd almost keep away from certain things because then I'd have to start teaching it or I wouldn't mm. I couldn't not because I don't think that's right you know right um so yeah. That's so it's just really interesting because like if you look at <laughs> i probably would have to do that on on my like my first proper week of um the platform that i started i preached on forgiveness because that's what brought me into the message that we're all forgiven but back then i was still quite penal sub with it mm. it was like oh we're forgiven because jesus died jesus blood is what brought our forgiveness and then a few months ago when i made the google when i was making the youtube channel i think i was going back through the notes and i made a like a little note on the side like I no longer believe this. Uh, <laughs> so it's like I'd, if I yeah, went through burn my notes, the podcast recording. <laughs> <laughs> if I went through my notes. I'm like, yeah, there's probably some things that I said then that I don't believe now. But obviously, that's part of the journey. Yeah. And um, but I don't. I don't think I'll ever move from this message and from the centrality of Christ. I don't. I like that. I like Christ. So you don't have to call me a Christian. But I I like Jesus. I like Christ, and I. Mm. I like to bear that name. That's cool for me. Um, how that's expressed obviously looks different to different people. Uh, I can see how because there were there were some people I knew that believed this, and then they went into like one of them is like a Satanist now. Wow. Um, I was like, well, how did you get there? Well, it was like that then, but when I started deconstructing, I was like, I it was literally like I I walked the same path as him, walked to the edge of the cliff, and I saw his. But I was like, oh, that's how he got here. I see how you ended up here. I can. Mm. So when I was telling my friends, like, oh no, that sounds like you sound more and more like you sound more and more and more like. Oh, now you're sounding. Like, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I see how they got here. I don't mm. want to do that, so I'm just going to leave this. <laughs> you go this way. <laughs> Little things like that as well. Um, yeah. yeah, that's kind of where I am with certain things. It's, like I mean, it's really common. I mean, like, I mean, Satanism is a form of atheism, isn't it? And like, I mean, atheism, agnosticism, really common uh parts of the path like for a lot of people that deconstructs like it's really common if you start to question things to suddenly go i don't know what i believe right well that's basically what an agnostic is like going i don't know um or even questioning things and going well it's obviously not what i believe right now that's not true i just like no there is no god in the sky pulling strings like puppeteering and having us like murder each other because that's the will of god and when someone rapes someone well that was god like pulling strings and it was his will or the two towers were god's will and all these kind of like really toxic beliefs of God. It, it, it was certainly, in my opinion, very toxic. Um, and it's really common for someone to go, well, that's not holding up to scrutiny. Screw it. I'm an atheist, I guess. I don't believe in that. Um, now, a lot of people go, well, you know, they've just not been introduced to the right form of God, the right idea of Jesus, you know, and that, and that will change. And maybe I think a lot of people have seasonal atheism and they come out and start to explore new ideas and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's quite common. I, I think that's a really uh, reasonable fear in a lot of people to go, I don't want to be an atheist. I don't want to be an agnostic. I don't want to know, not know what I believe. I don't want to like, and, and more so like I, I have so much um, 
respect for what you're doing because um, I talk to pastors day in, day out, and a lot of them are going through this process. Um, and it is really, really hard. I don't know whether you call yourself a pastor or not, but you know, that concept of having a group of people that are looking to you for guidance and, and help and, and to walk with them on a journey of growing and developing. Um, it's really hard when you're going on this process of going, ah, a bunch of things I'm not sure I believe anymore. And yet being a part of the group I'm a part of and being a part of this makeup, this c- culture that's made up of this group of people kind of requires that we believe at least this because if we take that out of the equation things are going to go south really fast right and so you go well either i look at it and it holds up and everything's fine few that's possible but the fact that i'm not willing to look at it suggests on some level that i think it might not hold up right on some level i've got some some doubts here because i'm not willing to look at it right now (laughs) um and so like i i'm just gonna not go there that's another option and, and, and it's required it's a, it's a safety mechanism right of going well we need this to work in the way it's working right now and it's not essential that we look at it it's not essential that we take this apart yet um and then there's other people that go no i really need to look at this i think this is quite core and but even when you do that then you go okay so now i've come to that place do i do i turn around and go hey everyone i've been wrong about a couple of things let me tell you some stuff i'm learning right now and risk the fracture that occurs like we've, we've all experienced in different forms of christianity when someone comes around and goes i might be wrong people mm. leave because they go well you are wrong yeah <laughs> i'm out i believe <laughs> i believe the old you can you be old you again um could you like throw up the red pill that you took in the <laughs> matrix you know like um plugs back plug back in but then uh, but then you have this small even smaller community that is like no we're gonna won't go with you we, we like that you or do you go okay that's what i believe but I can just teach something I don't believe, right? Like you're saying that that's freaking hard, dude. That feels disingenuous. It feels whatever. Or can I find this middle ground where I, I change what I'm teaching so it works with what I believe, but it kind of also works with what you believe. And maybe it starts moving you along that kind of the spectrum, the analogy yeah, yeah, you're giving. Yeah. Like, can I, I, it's a mess, man. It's like, it's like, it's so much more complex than I am, a construction worker or an accountant or whatever and i'm not in a position of leadership within a kind of like a fellowship church community and i just maybe i go along to one of those or something but like if if that's my position i it doesn't bear at all on my day in day out like uh work life relationships balance to go yeah sure i'll just look and see if do i really believe jesus was even a human do I really believe Jesus even came to earth or, you know, it's something crazy. You can't, but that's a lot more complex to do when you're in a position of like leadership, like you are. Um, And so it's it's really fascinating. That's why I love, I love asking like, what, what do you think? Like, do you think you're kind of like settled? Is there areas you think you're going to start picking at at some point? Um, Cause it's, it's terrifying, right? I'm just doing some decorating right now. I'm in a different room than my usual office. Um, and I've ripped all the walls off. Like, I mean, they've ripped the floorboards up. But there's, there's things like I, I pulled the skirting board off the wall and like some of the wall started cracking and plaster kind of coming off. And then mm. you like those bits that are loose and you like just poke it and then a whole bunch of wall comes oh, out. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, shouldn't have poked that, right? You know, like, but then you're like, oh, that bit looks loose as well. You poke it. Like, oh, God, it's getting worse. <laughs> you know? It's like, I think you pulled the thread of the sweater, whatever analogy, but we all do it, right? We, we can't mm. help it. Um, and I'm sure there's things that you're like sitting going, I don't want to look at that, but you're like, you're also like, you're so driven by the truth. I think that's a yeah. problem. Right. And you, you're like, I, I got to poke that. I, I feel like I, it just looks too irresistible not to just little, Oh 
God, what did I do? What did I do? And then your whole world crumbles. Yeah. Right. It's such a it's such a complex dynamic. Um, are you in leading your group? I mean, you've obviously had the privilege of starting a group that is already founded on somewhat of an identity of we're 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 a little bit different. We're 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 pushing the boundaries. We're asking questions that other people aren't asking. Do you think that there's um, there's ways that you can I guess there's two questions I kind of want to ask. Are you benefiting from that in the sense that you can more publicly ask questions and go, hey, I'm not so sure? Like, or is your community still quite driven by what well, we're expecting you to be quite certain, John? We, we need you to kind of be a little bit certain about what you believe? No, so, so what I do is so we did some confessions for the first half an hour. So we like confess scriptures about who we are in Christ, I'm a new creation, all things possible like that. Then we pray for people pray for people's healing and stuff and then i teach for about an hour and then we have half an hour q a mm. so because we have a culture of asking questions and some questions i'm like i don't know i can only tell you this according to what i know now i'll go away and study it for you and maybe if i come up with something else so because i have that because that's already the culture i think is cool if i don't have an answer to a question right. people aren't um but at least for what i teach they would like me but this is the thing so <clears throat> I didn't teach the nature of God stuff. I still haven't like actively in, I've never on a Thursday, been like God doesn't kill. I haven't done that yet. Mm. Um, so when we have the debates, like I, I won't, if you ask me, I'll tell you, oh, I don't believe that or I believe this. Um, but if but I wouldn't say it, cause there's some people. So when we actually had the debates, there were people that come to my fellowship. Like, I don't know. They believe that. <laughs> this is news to me type thing. Mm. Um, so because of what I teach, I teach that, that 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 is important, but it's more important for you to weed out this sinner saint thing first before then I show you that kind of thing. Um, so I've kind of been ushering that in with the whole nature of God thing. So I kind of taught, this is your nature in Christ. Mm. Look at what Paul says about you. Look at what Peter says about you. This is how you behave because this is what Jesus is like because that's what God is like. Yeah. So already if people are thinking, they're like, well, if, if I'm like First Corinthians 13, and God is like First Corinthians 13, then, well, this isn't like First Corinthians. So, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm kind of ushering that in so that people can be more ready for when I do teach on it, which I will do at some point. I still don't know when. Um, but yeah, so I kind of do what you mentioned earlier, like the third option where you believe one thing, they believe another, but you teach kind of in the middle enough mm. to fit both kind of thing. So that's kind of how I've done it with the nature of God thing. Like, this is who you are in Christ. I'll always teach that. This is who Christ is. I'll always teach that. And I'll leave the, <laughs> the rest of it for you to be like, wait a second. If that's what Jesus, and I'll, I'll, I'll even read that this is, Jesus is what God is like. And I'll kind of leave it there. So they can go, if that's what God is like, then yeah, they can right. take the pieces So the next time they pick up their Bible and read through Joshua, they're like, oh, well, if I know this. It doesn't this, line up with what yeah. I've, yeah. Yeah. So that's I do cool. things like that. Um, but yeah, it's not a, I like, I like the community because it's, we are open and the deconstruction I went through allowed for me because so many people, because we're basically answering and asking questions that everybody has, but no one's willing to answer or the answers mm -hmm. they receive are so rubbish. I mean, we can offer you like, no, there is a better way to see this or there is actually another way to understand this. Um, so doubting Christians. So, so, so 
it's so funny i would see a doubting christian as three years ago they were backsliding they didn't yeah. even know what they believed in it now i'm like oh they're prime like they're gonna hear it more than you're gonna hear it in your yeah. charismatic calling down god because they're now they're you know what i mean um so like i've been trying to get to marty sampson mm. marty sampson is crying out for this message because hmm. he's like he's like well if god is like this then why does the bible say that and he's the only people he knows are like john piper and he's going to them it's like they can't give you the answer that you're looking for <laughs> but we can we can help that's you. funny that's funny. um so yeah so when i see people deconstruct i'm like i'm gonna ask people that are now atheists i'm like well was this ever spoke like did you ever hear about this before hmm. did anybody ever and usually it's the answer is no i'm like well that's why you're you haven't walked away from god you've walked away from that god yeah because you believe, and I don't believe in that. I love them like on evangelism. Oh, but God, it's like this. I'm like, yeah, I don't believe in that God either. That's like my favorite thing yeah. to say. Because it's people like, wait, what? Like, yeah, because that's not what God is like. Um, so yeah, it is. It's it's cool. So because we have that culture where people aren't afraid to ask questions, people aren't worried if I say I don't know. Everybody now wants to learn. Everybody's trying to study. I give people materials, things like that. So I think it's quite healthy. Um, has anybody asked a question? That I'm like some of my friends will ask questions as jokes that like <laughs> long way ahead of where we are at the platform like i'm not That's i'm funny. not answering that i'm not doing that next That's sort just of totally setting you up <laughs> yeah um but yeah other than that it's because it, i like i like the atmosphere i like how we do things mm. um and it's healthy and i think as people grow then we can now deal with the more out there controversial stuff yeah that's cool man Dude, thanks so much for coming on and sharing so much no worries, of your journey, man. man. It's been really cool. We've, we've I enjoyed got it. through it's a lot. Quite a while. Really interesting. Yeah, it's good. I really enjoyed it. Um, how can people like connect with you and like what you're doing? Like you mentioned Twitter, right? Yeah. So my my Twitter is at J O N A B O W U. Um, the fellowship I run is the Grace Platform, so that's at the G Platform on Twitter and Instagram. Sorry, my at is also the same on Twitter and Instagram. And then if you want to hear all the teachings I'm talking about. Um, we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the grace platform, and then everything will come up from there. Nice. Um, and then you guys have got your podcast, right? Yeah, that's the swirly take. It's on that YouTube channel, the grace platform. But if you just type in the swirly okay, take nice. on, on, and swirly is S W I R L Y, the swirly take, that'll come up on Spotify, Google, SoundCloud, Apple. It's all on there. And then the video nice. itself is on YouTube. So. That's where people can Dude. catch up and connect with us. That's awesome. I'll get the links in the uh, in the thing. Okay, yeah, cool. I'll but, send it to you. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Dude, thank you so much. I really enjoyed Thanks, it. I, I, I appreciate you letting me ask you questions that potentially lead to some sort of crazy existential crisis. You're going to get off the <laughs> call and just be like... <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. It was yeah. really good. It's great. It's good, to, it's good to finally meet and get to chat because we, we chat back and forward yeah. on Instagram a bit. But, but no, uh, no. It's, it's beautiful to meet properly and face face to face on zoom as uh, much as we can yeah but like dude pandemic has got me used to meeting people solely based on zoom anyway mm. so <laughs> i'm gonna get i'm gonna like have no real way to talk to strangers now in real and, life yeah, after this, in yeah. real world. <laughs> what what's i do with you uh, <laughs> yeah awesome man thank you so much i really appreciate nice. it yeah all right Thanks. Oh, love you dude take care man all right ciao 
All right, so that was John Onabau. I hope you enjoyed uh, that chat with him. Um, I hope you found it insightful, and he's certainly a very interesting guy, uh, a very switched-on guy, and, and so it's really fun for me to get to chat with him and get to know him a bit more. You can um, follow him. He's on social media. I'll put the links in the in the show notes, um, but uh, I think he's on Twitter and Instagram and things like that, um, J Onabau, so J-O-N-A-B-O-W-U. Um, he's on YouTube, uh, the the Grace platform, I believe it's called, uh, podcast, uh, the Swirly Take. So if you search the Swirly, S-W-I-R-L-Y, Take, uh, on your favorite podcast app, that should come up. Um, and yeah, I do encourage you to go check him out. Um, send him a message if you love this podcast. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that conversation. That's all we've got for this week. I'll see you again next week for uh, next week's episode. We've got uh, William Paul Young uh, for our first episode next week. And so that's very exciting author of The Shack. Um, as always, if you're loving what I'm doing, you can um, support what I'm doing. Kind of got a kind of Patreon thing uh, at thegracecourse.com. You can give $5 or more a month and that helps us put out everything I'm doing for free. Um, helps me spend time talking to people on Instagram, connecting with people, helping them through this process of deconstruction, um, putting out these podcasts and other free videos. There's a lot of uh, great videos on the the, uh, the Grace course as well. Um, and of course, there's the Deconstruction Network as well. If you're, if you're feeling disconnected, lonely, um, you, you would feel like you would like to connect with other people that are deconstructing in your local area. Um, the Deconstruction Network is a great place to find people in your area that are going through this journey and, and connect with them, send them messages, arrange to kind of meet up and connect. Um, it's, it's a great place to do that. So the deconstructionnetwork.com. But that's all for now. And so I'll see you next week uh, for our episode with William Paul Young. Have a good one.